It's Pluto's revenge. What's Pluto's revenge? Who's the biggest? Who hates Pluto? Um, people who decided that it's not a planet anymore. Yeah, who's the chief among them? I I don't know, some astronomer or something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. <laughs> You're like, oh, please. Yep, that that's that's the face. Yes. And everybody knows what that looks like. Yes. On the internet, except for you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> if I said we got a we got a badass here, would that help? Yes, sure. Would I would I say actually what I said was? <laughs> does that help? Sure, that helps. So the answer is. Um. I- <laughs> <laughs> Lots of yes, not a lot of ands. I, I, <laughs> and never any, what the heck are you talking what, about? What the heck are you talking about? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, that's right. Neil deGrasse Tyson has yes. been accused recently, and not just recently. Um, the, the What I hate about these, uh, I love seeing people get what's coming to them, but what I hate about these revelations of sexual misconduct is that they're never that secret. We're just the end right. users. We're not yeah. the alpha or the beta users. You know, they make their way down to us eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but they usually come out because, and to be totally fair, to look at it from both sides, uh, yeah. some kind of muckraking journalist, <laughs> uh, in this case, uh, a guy who is writing for uh, Pathios, which you've never heard of and I, I haven't no, either. I have never heard yeah, of. Yeah, are like putting together like a, a story, a hit piece. You know, they've, they've heard the, the rumors and things like that. And this so they is sort their of big break. Put something together. Well, I mean, they probably see it that way, but yeah. let's not attack. That's that's the thing that we can look at later. First, got to look okay. at the allegations. Sure. And allegations had been made about Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, sexually assaulting a fellow student uh, when they were in graduate school. Oh, that's not good. Together. And so that's been, that's 30 more or more years old, you know, or right. however old he is. Right. Um, but recently, two other fans had come forward, um, people who had, I think in one case it was like a fan, another it was um, um, uh, somebody, a coworker or, or something like that. So, okay. Yeah, you can check out the story on Patheos, P-A-T-H-E-O-S dot com okay. for that. All right. Well, that's upsetting. So. No opinion. I, I'm not, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, um, can I put you down for that? Yeah, yeah. You can put me down for that. Um, I think it's disappointing because I think he was such a um, positive force and about like learning science and that sort of thing and making it fun and accessible for people. So I think it's really disappointing that this is coming out. You know, it is. He has responded. Okay. On Facebook. Okay. Because it ha- he is old. It has been 30 years. <laughs> uh, and his... his <laughs> Actually... Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, it's hard to characterize his response. Actually, okay. it's not that hard. He's basically... It boils down to... Everybody always believes the accused, so why should I say anything? Wow. But he does say something, and he specifically takes one of the... He, already, he says that I've already addressed... The thing from a long time ago, so I'm okay. not going to do it again. Okay. He also says that you know I've heard these before as well, and I didn't want to say anything because this isn't the the court. The court of public opinion is where you, not where you try this. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's kind of like tell to the judge, I guess. But <laughs> but he said specifically about this one interaction that it was 
you know, taken out of context, as these guys always say it is. Okay. So I, I don't know. Right. Like, who do you who do you believe? Who do you believe? It's yeah. Planetoid, <laughs> dwarf planet, or actual planet? Right. Oh, I know. I see. What you're, yeah. What yes. You're talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you have to take these allegations with, you know, you you have to think that the that the victims are are you know being truthful and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, it's just disappointing when this stuff kind of surfaces. I mean, sometimes it's for people that are just kind of like jerks anyways, and you're just kind of like, well, oh, well. But when it's somebody well, who not, seems mm-hmm. to be kind of positive in some ways, it's like... Yeah, Jimmy Seville is real positive. <laughs> um, no. I, I, let's not uh, cage jerks just yet. Okay. Because I'd right. be on the run for my life. But Stop. I don't think that we can... I Isn't he a jerk? <laughs> Oh, I I didn't think he was. Actually, I'm. Uh, I mean, he he is a jerk, isn't he? Is he? <laughs> That's all he ever does. Is, is he just, just kind of a smart? Complain about movies, and then the way that you recognize him is. <laughs> That's the show art. Right. It's going to be that for sure. Right. Uh, with uh, oh boy, in handcuffs, maybe a handcuff coming off his wrist. Oh boy. This can all. This is down to me in Photoshop later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um. And, the, you know, the, the fallout of this, just from wh- why we're here, I mean, we're not news reporters, but we're entertainment reporters. Right. Is that uh, the new season of Cosmos may or may not um, be a thing now. Oh, boy. Of course. It's, it's in the bag. This is, of course, uh, Seth MacFarlane's um, sort of rebooted Cosmos show. Oh. And there's a second. Se- oh, I say second, but let's just say next. It might be more than second. But okay. it's in the bag and they were, you know, waiting to, to schedule it and everything. And now Fox is like, well, we're going to. We may Clearly, not. we got to look into this. Yeah. Although, we should at this point we could do a whole side podcast about these things and these companies' responses to them. I I'm know. not sure how responsible Fox is in responding to this kind of thing, but they have mm-hmm. said they are going to look into it. And then the producers of the show specifically <laughs> kind of doubled down uh, on their uh, scientificness in their response, where they were like, "Cosmos is." Dedicated to following the mysteries of the universe wherever they... It's like, well, okay, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't need a sales pitch right now. No. But they're basically making the point that we're going to we're gonna look into this. So. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, there's been more than one TV show canceled because of stuff like this. Yes. So, you know, it is what happens. Do you think that House of Cards could have never gone on for more than one season without Kevin Spacey? Or do you think that... No, I don't think that. That was a big I mean, reason why it was canceled. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how long can a show go when their main character is no longer in it? Um, I think it can go for a while. But Claire Underwood is the, is the right. main character. Underwood? I don't know. I don't watch the show. I don't either. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, what would you do if you took, like, Veronica Mars out of Veronica Mars, you know? Like Kristen Bell is a, gets me too. <laughs> That's that's inc- a whoopsie daisy. Inc- incredibly for sure. Far-fetched. I don't think that that we have to worry about that. She's got grabby little hands. No, stop her it. Tiny, tiny little hands. <laughs> How would you even know? Um, it's not really funny. No, <laughs> it's not really a c- not. comedy situation. But no, so anyway, not. um, I guess we'll have more on that as we go forward. But we are going forward, uh, with more news. Yes. Um, 
also might be bad news because we bring news of things that are canceled. Not for yes. the same reason as Cosmos. No. Uh, but things that reasons. have been canceled, things before their time. Yeah. And we're taking a sort of broad look at genre TV and the trends in genre TV today. Now, if that doesn't mm-hmm. sound specific or exciting enough for you, how about this? How about a review of the 2003 feature Daredevil? Yes. It's long overdue. <laughs> And it's time. Yes. And I think we're going to talk about that today. Yes. We As are. we also talk about, clearly, the, the link, the linkage here is, is that Netflix has announced that Daredevil will be no more. Yes. After this third season. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, we'll also have a long overdue review of at least the first episode of Daredevil season three. Yes. Which I'm not ashamed to admit, but I reluctantly admit I have not seen yet. Yeah. Kind of given up on Marvel Netflix. Just the way that Netflix has given up on Marvel Netflix. Yeah, I mean, there's, to be fair, there's a lot of it. And when you get behind, you get behind. So, yeah. um, yeah. Remember when you could watch TV and it was just, oh, yeah, I saw that one. That was a good one. And not, I have to see every second of this. In order. Yes. Otherwise, I'm missing something. Right. Because then I won't know how the vampires got their diaries right and how they i don't know again let's just keep let's just keep going for shows that we don't know anything about (laughs) so the thing about fresh off the boat is is that no apparently that's a really good show too apparently i just don't have any time in my life for like straight sitcoms yeah like if it had an alien in it we'd probably be talking about it right but yeah someday i'll catch that on cbs all access sure there you go yeah. Watch your fresh off the boat. So anyway, yeah. that's what we're doing. Oh, who are we? We're the Just Enough Trope podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm your host, Calvin. Joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mika We are Hanna. not yet canceled. No. But it could still happen. Oh, no. So stay tuned. I don't uh, want that to happen. No. Uh, do you want to talk about the news? Yeah, let's. I wanted to say quick that, you, you know, you thought, oh, the, the celebrity deaths are over. Thank God. They're not. Of course they're not. They're not. No. Uh, we, we're not going to put too much time into it uh today uh but like the second that we wrapped up uh filming filming whatever recording to our viewers yeah uh on our show last week it was announced that um uh bernardo berlucci died oh uh who and you that that oh means i don't know who that is i don't know who that is he is a very famous a very famous filmmaker. Okay. Even if you don't know who he is. Okay, I believe you. Uh, he was what did fa- he do? He was famous for uh, um, Last Tango in Paris. Okay. You say okay like you don't know what that is? I don't either? know what that is, no. Do you like being on the show? Yes, I do. <laughs> I like having you on it. <laughs> I just don't know things sometimes. Uh, that it was a very famous film from the 1970s. Now okay. remember, this was around the time when things are things are getting more open in cinema. Sure, you've seen performance. Yes, you've seen the work, the early 70s work of Nicholas Rogue. Yes. Uh, so, Last Tango in Paris was a 71, 72 film starring Marlon, Marlon Brando. It was very famous because it was um, X-rated and it oh. had like pornographic elements. It wasn't okay. a porn, uh, but it, it was just very very graphic forward. Yeah, at the time, uh, in terms of its eroticism. Okay, and is known for a scene involving a stick of butter. What? And no more said about that. Okay, the better. All right. Yeah. Uh, he also uh, did the Last Emperor. Um, he did a movie called Stealing Beauty, which was sort of like his 90s comeback. Okay. Uh, that was a big uh, vehicle for Liv Tyler. 
Okay. Uh, it's not a great movie. It's okay. Okay. It's not great. He did a movie called The Dreamers. All right. Uh, in the early 2000s, which was kind of Ava Green's starring vehicle. Okay. He likes he likes good looking brunettes. Sure. He likes them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. He's got a type. Yeah. And so anyway, he just um, I think the Sheltering Sky was another movie that he did. Okay. Uh, and he just is known for he's he's dr- creates these sort of dreamy uh, like the. Uh, the oil painters of his native land of Italy, you know, okay. these sort of dreamy, um, sort of usually, you know, very erotic and emotional sort of landscapes in his films, films of emotion and art okay. and that sure. sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. It's like we talk about like, well, like a Bertolucci film. It's usually that sort of feeling. Okay. Not this feeling. <laughs> Not the Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> it's feeling. Great, it's great for radio. Yeah, it's fantastic for uh, radio. It's really good. So, uh, yeah, that's too bad. I also wanted to mention uh, that longtime comedic actor Ken Berry uh, died, who was oh, no. on Mama's Family and um, F Troop. And I know you don't know what F Troop is. No, I don't. <laughs> and he was also on uh, Mayberry, uh, Mayberry RFD. Okay. And I've heard of uh, that. yeah, the follow up to uh, Andy Griffith's show. And yeah. so, yeah, just. Uh, been in a lot of um, movies, um, of course, a lot of TV shows as well, mm-hmm. and yeah, just a really like funny guy. He's got he's got one of those faces that it's like, oh yeah, it's that guy, and it's also okay. I see this guy's face, it's going to be funny. <laughs> this guy comes in, he's he's wearing a straw hat or something like that, right? Oh boy, okay, you know that the fun is is coming. Okay, sure. He was in the Cat from Outer Space. Well, that sounds like it's fantastic. I have no idea what it's about, but it's, Cat from Outer Space sounds pretty fun. It's one of those like 70s, uh, I think it was a Disney movie. What? Remember Disney was making some really weird stuff like in the 70s, like the computer wore tennis shoes and Witch Mountain. <laughs> right. And uh, and uh, the Shaggy DA or whatever. Okay, sure. turns, turns into a dog. Right. And I think... I'm pretty sure that was one of those Disney movies. I could be wrong about Bed that. Bedknobs and Broomsticks, isn't that? Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Which was an Ian Fleming uh, okay. book. So. Okay. No, wait. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was Ian Fleming. Okay. I got my Angela Lansbury's in my <laughs> Dansbury's. So that's too bad. Um, they'll yeah, be missed. Uh, you know, we're at that point where, like we said, it's just a conveyor belt. Well, it didn't um, the guy who created SpongeBob SquarePants yes. pass away too? Yes, he did. Yeah. And Rocco's Modern Life wasn't that his show too? I don't know. That's We're bad at this. Question. We're really bad at this. Yeah. And we got to move on. So, okay. let's talk about some big announcements. Uh, good or bad, we don't know. And let's start with our favorite, Sony. Yes. Sony Pictures. They're gonna. Mil- Can you milk a spider? It's kind of like silk. Silk oh, milk. Gross. Right. I don't know. That works, right? Maybe. Well, anyway, <laughs> they are gonna milk this spider. Until its okay. eight legs fall off. All right. So Spider-Man, I'm guessing. Yes. They okay. are uh, making a Spider-Women film. Okay. Live action, I'm guessing? Yes. Well, yeah. We don't know. Okay. They have already um, essentially greenlit an Into the Spider-Verse sequel. Really? They have a lot of confidence in it. Well, um, it looks like And early reviews, fantastic. there's no embargo. Like, early reviews are out. They are, it is great. So, they've pretty much already committed to a second one of those. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. So, that, I feel like that bodes well for it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of boating. Yeah. There's bodes everywhere. <laughs> uh, this Spider-Woman script, we don't know too much about it. We do know okay. that the sort of... Um, brand the spider women brand yes has been on the rise recently 
in Marvel Comics. Um, I know that you are a fan of early Spider-Gwen yes. comics, but have you read later Spider-Gwen comics? I have not, and I really should. You should. Um, I would the, be interested uh, in it. Yeah, Radioactive Spider-Gwen is the second volume series, or at least that's okay. how it started under its title. Um, now she's called Ghost Spider or something like that, and it's like, that's All a really right. dumb name. Why not just let her be Spider-Gwen? I know that's not... Right. Her in-universe name, because they'd be like, who was that masked woman? That spider Gwen. Her yeah, name I know. could be anything. Let's find Cindy. all the Gwens in town. <laughs> yes, it could be Jane. It could be, we don't know what her name is, but yeah, right. she's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but yes, she's Spider-Woman. Um, Jessica Drew is, you know, Spider-Woman. Right. Uh, there's a lot of Spider-Women, and so they have to differentiate. But Ghost Spider, you can top that. I feel like you can do better I mean, Silk, That's like Silk isn't great, but no. it's a thing at least. It makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, the people I just mentioned, uh, Jessica Drew, Sydney Moon is Silk, Spider-Woman, they have all teamed up in the past. Um, in this comic that I'm talking about, uh, this doesn't sound great, but stick with me. Okay. Because of Spider-Verse... Yes. The big crossover where all the spider men's and women's yes. were and robots were together and, and pigs were together. Yes. Uh, and cartoon characters. Um, they uh, basically, you know, the comics will F anything to death if they get the chance. Right. And so they decided to leave it, liter the lines literally open. And so now all spider people have a cross-dimensional wristwatch that allows them to access other people's universes. Okay. So as Spider-Gwen is evolving as a hero she also gets to pop over to 616 and get mentorship from you know jessica drew or, or sure. whoever okay uh and visit with miles morales who's like kind of an on again off again thing for her okay and that's like humbly but it i don't know it works it keeps the tone light the one thing that i don't like is i've been really enjoying how Deeply, uh, Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez have imagined their world of Spider-Gwen. Right. They're gone now. Right. But for the next 30 or 40 issues or so, their alternate universe is cool. And it's basically like Captain America is a girl. Okay. Uh, but Peggy Carter is still a girl. Interesting. There's just a lot more girls. <laughs> okay. But they, I'm down with that. Whenever you get these, I, I usually hate these like, oh, Captain America, what if he had a, his hat on his butt or whatever? Right. Uh, they're not very well thought out and they're developing and also slowly revealing this really neat sort of, <laughs> I think Miles Mar uh, Morales calls it uh, a karaoke universe. Okay. <laughs> sort of like remix different version of... Uh, their universe. Some things are the same. Some aren't. Like in their world, there's no Fantastic Four. Okay. Um, Reed Richards is like, and also the, who knows how it works, but some people are older or younger than they should be. Okay. So like Reed Richards is a young black kid with no powers, but he is a genius, like all Reed, Reeds are. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then there is, actually, I'm sorry, there is a Fantastic Four, but they are a TV show. Oh, so Frank okay. Franklin Storm uh, takes his family, like his two kids, Johnny and Sue, on these adventures, you know, with their okay. robot or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, I would recommend it. That's not what we're talking about, though. Um, uh, all right. Beck script. Uh, sorry, Beth, Beck Smith will write the script. I can't be the first person to do that. And you go, uh, Beck Smith, huh? What's she written? Right. Are you ready? I'm. I am ready. Wrath of the Titans. Okay. Uh, although no, I, I don't think she wrote it. She was she worked in some capacity on it. Uh, she was a producer or something. Okay. Here's her biggest credit: two seasons of Zoo. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! That's unfortunate. 
Well, uh, maybe it'll be kind of funny without trying to be. I don't know. That's what you want from a Spider Women film. No, it's not. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Well, hopefully she'll just magically turn it out, and it'll be great. Yes. Hopefully. Uh. I, I, did I say this would be animated? Uh, I don't know that you did. I think, like I said, I don't think that we know, but I think it actually will be animated. Oh, okay. Anyway, whatever. Um, speaking of animated films, um, a sequel and spinoff to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has been announced, as we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking at another one of those, cool. whether or not it will feature Peter Parker again, or maybe just feature... Because what do you do? Do you bring everybody back together again? That's a good question. I have no idea like what you would do um, to make it different. I mean, do you want to bring everybody together again? Because then it's going to be kind of similar. But then again, that's the Spider-Verse. So maybe you do want to bring everybody together, but maybe they're in like a different um, reality. Like maybe instead of going to Miles' reality, they go to like Spider-Gwen's or Peter Parker's or something like that. I have to imagine that they would do that anyway. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, then in, you would the get first to film. explore like different worlds and that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see. Um, I am really looking forward to that Into the, into the Spider-Verse film. We'll have a review of that yeah, when it comes too. out. And if it's going to be the same sort of team, like I don't know who wrote Into the Spider-Verse, but people like it. So right. Should look that up. Should have known that. We don't know. No, don't. We won't know. There's no way to know. No. <laughs> uh, talking about Netflix, uh, moving from Sony to Netflix, that is, uh, it looks like Neon Genesis Evangelion will be on Netflix. Oh, yes. I heard about this. Only 16 years after its yeah. debut or whatever. Right. <laughs> Finally. It's about time. Does, does it have, um, is there like, I can't remember, is there like a movie after the series? There is. Okay, so here's what's going to be on. All 26 okay. episodes of the original anime. Okay. Plus the, they, they made like a recap movie with a little bit of extra stuff. Right. And then they made a, I didn't get to finish it the way I wanted to, cinematic OVA type situation. Right. And all of that will be on Netflix. Okay. Now, none of this covers 2.0, You Are Not Alone. 3.0, all the, you know, speaking of effing something until it's dead, right. all the spinoffs that they made afterwards because right. they still had the property and they're like, people like this. Why don't we turn it into like wacky teen hijinks in robots? Right. Which ironically is specifically what the show was designed to not be and to comment on. It's about a kid who pilots a giant robot. Right. Sounds awesome, right? Right. And he's got two or three different colored uh, haired girls that he uh, right. is all crushing on. Yes. And then it's like, oh, but also all of humanity turns into Tang and um, angels are real and God is the devil. And Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not just a robot show by any means. Like This ain't your daddy's robot show. Right. Like Gundam. I mean... There, Ooh, there's hot some, take on Gundam. There, there are some like politics and stuff like that in Gundam and Gundam Wing and all the different versions of Gundam, but, but it's not. It's basically a robot show. I think you're going hard on Gundam. Yeah. How many hours of Gundam have you watched? I think I watched like the Gundam Wing. I watched quite a bit of. Oh, this is an untapped corner of you. Um, we have not got... It. It was on like Cartoon Network. I think. Let's start a Gundam long podcast. Time. Come on. Yeah. Where you been this whole time? <laughs> I don't know. Well, look out for that. Uh, more Netflix news. Uh, <laughs> so from 
kind of good news, if not an old show, to uh, not maybe not great news for an old show. Netflix announced a live-action Cowboy Bebop series. I heard about this, and I think I t- said to you, too bad that Elliot Gould isn't young anymore because he <laughs> he could play Spike. <laughs> Because that's partially who he's modeled after. But, yeah. Um, they're going to have to find an Elliot Gould type. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, how would... do you feel about this being live action also? Okay. So m- remember that Japan has never cared about this. They definitely feel like there are definitive versions of stuff. Yes. But something like Lupin the Third has been revisited i don't want to say rebooted it's such a sort of american term it's just always been owned by the same company i'm I'm sure but they have different studios that all get to like take shots and stuff and so mm-hmm. like we just saw devil man cry baby like, right that's a long old old property and i believe go nagai has left for his own final destination right um but then they let um you, you what's his name you mm-hmm. you Yusaki yuasa yeah Yusaki um, yuasa uh try his hand at it Fine. Right. On that side of the Pacific. <laughs> right. But over here, we like to mess things up yeah. real bad. Yeah. I'm given some, some hope by the fact that at least the first episode will be written by Chris Yost, who uh, was a Thor screenwriter. He's written a lot of uh, MCU stuff, and he wrote a lot of the... Um, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Avengers stuff, I believe. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's positive. Um, so, yeah. wait, this is going to be, I guess I was for some reason thinking it was a movie. Is this going to be a TV show? Uh, it's so, it, yeah, it's a TV show. It's on Netflix. Okay. And it's it's their um, their sort of sci fi anime imprint. It's called NX, which is great. <laughs> it's just great branding. Awesome. Yeah. Um, From the people that brought okay. you the idea for Flickster, NX. Right. Well, I mean, Netflix does not have a great track record of no. taking anime have, and turning it into. They live have a action. zero. They have no track record. They they did um, from the girl that saw the live action Bleach and was like, "That's all right." Right. Uh, <laughs> I know. They have live no action track Bleach, record. and they did. Um, uh, gosh, what is it called? Death um, Note. Death Note. Thank that you. Thing you that you love. Yes. What's it called? I know. I was just blanking. Um, but yeah, the American one, and I I, I have not been able to bring myself to watch it i just think it looks terrible i mean they did a live action japanese one and that was great yeah so so when they put a floppy green wig on taron edgerton or whatever and we just get down to business here i i don't know i don't think i'm going to be too excited about it but i'd hate to judge it before i see at least one yeah i i mean there is always hope but sometimes it can be easily diminished and netflix (laughs) does not have the best track record so Remains to be seen. Yeah, as far as remains that goes. to be seen. This space cowboy. Yeah. Uh, more Netflix news. Uh, the Russo brothers have been working on a film for Netflix. Oh. Uh, it is a. Uh, f- they've been shooting in India. It's a film called Dhaka. Okay. What is that? A- the script is, is by Joe Russo. Okay. And it follows a young boy caught in a war between drug lords and a mercenary who comes to his rescue. Okay. <sighs> sounds really deep and sounds, dark. Yep. Sounds real like, uh, hey guys, why are you making a movie in India? <laughs> Two guys from uh, wh- where? New England? Where are you from? I I don't know where they're from. Yeah. But still, yeah. yeah I don't know why they're over in India. Yeah. And um, and then literally Thor, the, <laughs> the white, the whitest of white savior, saviors, will come and help this little boy. Chris Hemsworth's in it. Oh. 
Okay. Um, well, I mean, I like to keep an open mind because I like the Russo brothers. I like what they do. Yeah. But I just have, I have no idea as like, if this is even going to like tick the meter for me for something that I want to see. Well, it's an action adventure film starring Chris Hemsworth. I mean, I think you're already halfway in. All right. Yeah. The thing is, is that if it's Netflix, it's clear that they want to appeal to, it's important to appeal to an American audience, but they are all over the world. So they need an international audience. And I see this as a Meg situation in that they probably want to break into India. India. Sure. India, a lot of people in India, but uh, international markets But even Indians, I don't want to speak for all Indians, but even Indians want to see Chris Hemsworth more than they want to see a movie set in their country with (laughs) actors from their country, which this movie features a lot of. Like, it looks like David Harbour and Chris Hemsworth are like the only white dudes in this thing. Okay. But even they want to see Thor (laughs) more than they want to see something about their country. And so if you combine the two a la Jason Statham trying to save a bunch of Chinese uh, bathers from a giant shark. Right. Uh, Then you've got some magic there. Okay. And I think that that's held up by the kind of bad news, although not unexpected news, that Crazy Rich Asians has flopped in China. You're kidding me. I think it struggled to make $1 million. (gasps) That is so incredibly shocking to me. Because they don't care. They don't care about a chick from the aforementioned Fresh Off the Boat hanging out in... Uh, Bangkok or, or whatever. Where, where was she? Um, Singapore. Singapore. But not yeah. really Singapore. Actually, Malaysia. Right. <laughs> so they're just like, we see Chinese people all the time. <laughs> we see, were we they, are Chinese people. Were they insulted by the title or you something? You know, no. <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, they def, it, come on, it got a, a different title, didn't it? I don't know. It's a good question. I'm sure it got was retitled, but okay. I just, for them, it's like, what else you got? Wow. Now, if Chris Hemsworth falls in love with this girl from Fresh Off the Boat, right. they're there. They don't... Wow. Remember, they're proof to this sort of like, I'm, I shop at Pier 1 or <laughs> I use recycled coffee cups. Right. Sort of thing that we've got here where we're like, we're, we're, we care about other countries. They are the other country. They're like, yeah, get more, more Iron Man. We love Iron Man. That's so... Okay. All right. Um, I'm just like... Letting this settle in because <laughs> I, I am just amazed. I mean, when you told me it hadn't been an open over there yet, I was like amazed by that because it came out a while ago over here. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of my guess. Like they, they aren't interested in the narrative, uh, the semi-autobiographical narrative of a rich Singaporean who was Western educated. Like they don't care about right. that. They're like, right. where are the comic book heroes? Right. We couldn't get those forever. And now they're, we want them. Do they're you awesome. Think, do you but think, not Star Wars. Keep that. Right. Do you think they aren't interested because like the main girl was like Chinese American? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I can't, I, I can't know. speak for them other than all I the know. speaking for them. I just did. Right. <laughs> Okay, well, that's surprising. I guess note to studios. Um, I mean, they did. They made a boatload of money over here. Yeah, yeah. W- even without countries. that, I mean, having a nice bump from the Chinese market would have really helped. But it's not going to slow down their plans for the trilogy for the next or season yeah. or next movie, I should say, not yeah. next season. <laughs> Uh, in terms of bad adaptations, Blade Runner is getting an anime adaptation at Adult Swim. Oh. Boy. With the help of Crunchyroll. 
They always help. Oh. They never hurt. Okay. Um. So is this this is gonna be an anime style? Anime. Yeah. Like the Animatrix oh for Blade god. Runner. Oh my god. Um. It could be cool. I don't know. Mm. Um. <laughs> I mean, like the background is kind of like japan already because it's like ramen stands and like yeah yeah yeah. you know geishas like how did blade runner do in In japan asia i have no idea huh that's something something else that i should have prepared and known i do know that the aforementioned uh the aforementioned aforementioned uh (laughs) that's the title of this show um (laughs) that uh sichichiro watanabe uh the uh cowboy bebop guy uh, did one of the anime short films that they did that was the sort of animatrix for um blade runner 2049 oh okay so i think that i'm not sure that he'll be involved in this but i think it will be looking to have a similar sort of feel and of course when is that set Hmm. there's no way to tell what year that movie set in uh but this will be set in uh, 2032 (laughs) so it will be a prequel of sorts we know that it's been said that it will feature um established characters If that's some guy doing a bad Harrison Ford accent, I don't know. Okay. Wow. Uh, uh, I feel like that would be bad. Like, why not tell a different character's story? But, you know, they're going to go back to the well, I guess. Um, I want to know where Joy comes from. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you said that there was, like, from 2049? What's that hooker's story? Yeah, I don't know. You said there was like an anime for the 2049 one? Yeah, there's like a yeah, there was a, like a collection of like three um anime or animated shorts. Okay. Um and Watanabe's was called Blackout 2022. Well, where are those? Like where can you see those? Why You know, I I was so disappointed film? by the film, I just didn't you give didn't a shit seek to them out? care or look them up. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah. I'd be kind of interested in seeing what they did, but Oh, okay. Well, check that out and report back to okay. us. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, more information on that later. Uh, hey, speaking of series, Nick Nolte is the l- latest actor to join The Mandalorian. Huh. Okay. We're getting a lot of characters. A yep. lot of characters. So we've got Pedro Pascal. Yes. Um, talented unknown. Right. I mean, let's face it. The guy's unknown. He's most famous for getting his eyes popped out. I know. Uh, Gina Carano, who's just like your trick pony. No offense, but it's kind of right. right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh yeah, it's like the casting. The, well, it's before he became super successful, but it's like, oh, The Rock is in this, right? Um, and then Nick Nolte is your uh, Forrest Whitaker esque, uh, older sort of where's he been actor that you throw into this, right? To give yourself some gravitas and some grit, right? Got a lot of character. I'll save the rebellion. God, I don't know. Save the dream. <laughs> Like that kind of thing? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this is still a TV show, right? Oh, jeez. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, <laughs> the force be with you, too. So is this going to be on Disney Plus? Yes. Okay. They really are working on making it robust. <laughs> Did you say bro-bust? I said robust. I think we've I got our new I'd show said, title. I wish I'd said bro-bust. Yeah. Because yeah. that's awesome. we got to fix that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, out of the mouths of babes. Um, yeah, they are. Um, and of course, uh, that's behind a lot of um, these cancellation decisions. 
on Netflix, right. but we're not there yet. Let's no. keep going and talk about fun stuff still. Okay. Uh, a Blue Beetle movie is in development. Awesome. DC is just spreading it far and wide. Okay. Um, is it a just Blue Beetle movie? It or? is a just Blue Beetle movie. Now, okay. you and I talked about this before we started recording, and yes. we were racking our brains. We care. We pay a lot of attention to stuff. Yes, we but do. But it's easy to let things slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. I could have sworn that there was a Booster Gold Blue Beetle show in development. Yes. I swear there but was, But now too. I can't find anything on it. And I swear that they were talking about... What what their name? What are their names from Firefly being in it? Um, Firefly. Yeah. Um, you know. Wow. I'm just really Alan Tudyk and the main guy. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Wasn't that just like a wish list rumor though? Maybe that was a wish list rumor, but it would have been awesome. It's. I still think it would have been would be awesome. Yeah, if it could got be good. Those two. Sure, absolutely. I think they'd play well off of each other, and I think they could portray the characters well. Yeah. Well, let's see how this is going to go. It's not them. It's Jamie Reyes. The um, he's just the one after him. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's the third uh, Blue Beetle, but with these legacy heroes, uh, okay. who knows? But anyway, um, he is. It's a different sort of thing. He is a um, a young. A Mexican uh, kid who finds like okay. a magical scarab that makes him the Blue Beetle. Okay, and he's kind of like a Iron Manny type character. You know, he's got this suit that transforms and does different stuff and has techno magical powers. Okay, sure. Yep. Uh, right. It will be uh, written by Gareth Dunnett Alcocer, okay. who is a uh, Mexican native himself. He's a writer and director. All right. Um, and I don't think we have a director yet, but I'm, I'm sure he's like. You know, also, I mean, click, click, click the boards myself. Right, right. Slate. Slate's called a slate. Yes, now exactly. Now, just because I don't know what it's called doesn't mean I'm not a good director. <laughs> I direct stuff. A lot of, lot of Mexican directors out there. Right. Pretty hot. Right. Pretty soon they'll be saying, get me the American equivalent right. of Gareth Dunnett Alcocer. Right. Well, that, yeah. It's real good. If I were him, I would probably be vying for that director spot. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But where is he fit in the Justice League? When is he going to meet up with Harley? Oh, no. (laughs) Do you know what's going on in DC Comics right now? No, I don't. Tom King is jumping up and down on top of everything until it's just flat and dusty. There's just a cloud of dust coming up. Uh, No, I mean, Tom King has delivered some really good stuff, but he's sort of their, you know, their blue chipper right now. Their blue beetle right now. (laughs) And the current big event is called Heroes in Crisis. And it is the heroes and villains are recovering from a mass shooting. (laughs) Oh, my freaking God. And this is one of those things where it's just like headlines, headlines. What's going on? Relevancy, relevancy, mass shooting. These these sons of bitches get shot all day long. Right. (laughs) What? Why? Why? Half the universe is wiped out in a snap. You don't think that causes PTSD? Yeah, of course. No, they just get up and they're fine. But no, like they're basically there's like this. uh, It's called this place called Sanctuary, and it's like a you know place where heroes can recover. It's like a night nurse sort of hospital for uh, heroes and villains, I guess. And um, somebody gets in and like kills a lot of them. And yeah, I mean that's bad, but (laughs) what? What? Why? Okay. Why? I I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of times we get our inspiration for stuff that goes on around us and headlines and that sort of thing. But why do we want to read about a mass shooting in comics? Why do you want to read about 
half the life of the universe being obliterated. I guess. With a snap of the fingers. I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of things in comics, I guess, you don't really want to read about, but they're there. Yeah. 52, 50, 51 worlds are destroyed to right. create Prime Earth. Right. And you're like, nah, it's fine. Right. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, let's go over to the sunny side of the street. Okay. You know, the other Marvel? side of Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Marvel. Although, they're basically both in L.A. now, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the Avengers 4, this is a rumor, uh, but okay. it's a well-sourced one. Okay. Avengers 4 and Captain Marvel should have trailers coming out this week, like this coming week. Ooh. Supposedly. That'd be exciting. The, the poop is that Avengers <laughs> 4 trailer will be coming out. Uh, you know, at halftime uh, for Monday Night Football. Oh, okay. Monday night. And Captain Marvel will probably come out Wednesday. Okay. On, I don't know, Some on Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. sports event or Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, looking forward to that. Hopefully we get a little bit more from Captain Marvel uh, trailer than we had previously. Yeah. How do you think, what do you think about this for more? What? The Funko Pops... Um, are out, or at least the pre-orders are out oh. for the Captain Marvel film. Okay. Revealing some possible slight spoilers about the film. Oh! <laughs> so, Oops! Well, no, that happens with toys all the time. Does it? So, you know, slight spoilers. Skip ahead a minute if you don't want a, a slight spoiler. But uh, the Cree version of Captain Marvel um, in the blue and green uh, costume. Yes. Her character is, is labeled Vers. Her name is Vers. What does that mean? It is the second half of Danvers, implying oh. that she has a Cree counterpart. Naming, no, a Cree naming tradition involved, oh. like Marvel or Norad or whatever their other dumb names are. Okay. <laughs> right. Sure. So that she has, perhaps you know, she has taken on this Cree life. Because she's forgotten her old life or whatever, or was brainwashed. Oh, okay. And so she is Dan Vers. Like Dan Dash Vers. Okay. Ver Vers if you're nasty. Right. <laughs> huh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it certainly seemed like from the first trailer. You said it was a slight spoiler. Yeah, I know. They haven't shown her cat or anything yet. Okay. Um, I mean, it certainly was kind of implied from the first trailer that she had forgotten her life on Earth and that sort yeah. of thing. So. And also... She's not what you think she is. I really hope we get some better dialogue. <laughs> they'll, they'll ADR it. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Let's end with something fun. Okay. Uh, did you see... No, you didn't. And I I wish that you had. I wish that I had. I okay. heard it was good. But this horror movie, Happy Death Day. You've heard of it. I actually have not. It is this a horror is movie that meets sort of Groundhog Day or um, maybe okay. a Run Lola Run, if you will. Okay. Where this sure. woman, uh, I assume it's her birthday... Uh, she is killed, but then she keeps sort of coming back to life, and she's got to like find a way to escape this. Prevent Maybe it meets killed. a little Groundhog Day meets a little Final Destination type thing. Okay. I heard that it was a lot of fun, and it was a sort of a sleeper hit. Oh, uh, well, there's going to be a sequel. Okay, called Happy Death Day to You. Oh boy! And that wins my oh. Now You Don't award <laughs> for ballsy sequel titling. <laughs> now you see me. Now you don't. Which, yeah, it's an ironic award because right. they didn't have the balls to do it. No, they did not. But yeah. Now ha you see me Happy Death too. Day to you. Yeah, <laughs> even, even, yeah, now you see me too, yeah. Oh my god. So gosh. I was just thinking like, if this keeps going, where do we go? Happy Death Day threesome? 
Happy Death Day for He's a Jolly Good Fellow. <laughs> I like that one. You do five. Um, oh, boy. Happy Death Day. Oh, my goodness. Um, quintuplets? I don't know. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> and twins. <laughs> no, you just at that point, you reboot. Nothing ever goes to five, does oh, it? I Rocky don't know. did. Happy, Shouldn't have. <laughs> happy Death Day High Five. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does it, or does the number have to be right at the front there? Oh. So it's like mm-hmm. Happy Death Day five, five Alive. Not this. Not right, this. But right. Yeah. Or could you move it around there? Yeah. Happy Death Day High Five. Right. Okay. And then th- at that point, the series has evolved into a stoner comedy. <laughs> yes. So it's like Happy like Death it. Day. And by this time, Seth Rogen will be washed up. So he'll show up as the... Uh, I, I'm just assuming that I'm just assuming all 50 plus roles for Seth Rogen will be like Tommy Chong roles, <laughs> where he just kind of comes he in, just like, shows up hey, like, "Hey, it's hey, that guy. I'm Seth Rogen. How's it going?" Him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He plays himself. Yeah, he's the one that couldn't get into the Spy Kids franchise. Is that true? Isn't I don't know Cheech and Spy Kids? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Right. Maybe he is. He shaved his mustache. I don't remember. Hey, look, if Khan is in Spy Kids, yeah. Cheech Baron must be. I really hate the trip, but I gotta loaf. As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke. Fool, I'm the kind of cheater little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street. All right, so you know, I know, we've, we've heard the bells. And who do the bells, for whom do the bells toll? I screwed that up. Right. Uh, they toll for Netflix Marvel shows. Yes. Which are one by one falling. Being eliminated. And nobody was surprised when Iron Fist was gone. No. People were probably not too surprised when Luke Cage was out. Right. I think Jessica Jones was still on. Yes. But I think it looks real bad. Yeah. And people were uh, super surprised when it was announced that Daredevil uh, was canceled. Yes. Which was just recently, just yes. the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the writers of the show didn't know. I read an article oh. with an interview with uh, one of the writers. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if they had the person's name or not. Maybe they were like, I don't want to, I still want to work on one of these things. Right. So I'll just tell you that we had a meeting uh, with some sushi that turned out to be like the goodbye meeting. And we were getting, we had gotten oh. together a previous day. We had plotted out the entire fourth season. We were ready to start hacking away and writing. And we, oh, wow. oh we're getting sushi. Oh, we're getting our, our pink slips. That, this slip is as pink as this delicious salmon roll. Yeah, that that's rough. It must be kind of, you know, I guess you have to kind of get used to it's that. It's a life of a TV writer. Writer yep. for TV. Yep. You're working one day and the next day you're not. Yep, yep. You just got to hang on for that renewal. And if you don't get it, you got to look for new work. Yep. Yeah. You've seen the second Rough. season of Love. Oh, no, you haven't. No. Spoiler uh, Wichita we is on the bubble. I think we watched a little bit of it. I don't it. want to spend any more time talking about Love. <laughs> it's Fair a terrible show. Enough. <laughs> so, yeah. And it got me thinking like, a lot of our, a lot of fandom is based around, I don't want to say disappointment. But fear of rejection, yeah. the idea of finding something and it being yours. And of course, it's not because you dress up as Laura Croft and there are a hundred other people dressed up, men and women, as Laura Croft at that <laughs> convention that you go to, right. attended by thousands of people. Yes. Like You are not alone, as, no. much, as alone as you feel. But feeling alone can be a big part of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes out of or has to do with finding a show and loving it 
and just wanting more and more. And right. apparently you and two other people watch it and it's canceled. Right. And you're like, how could they do that to me? And you can't help but take it personally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. You did this to me. Right. What the hell, man? Right. Well, and I, I feel like Daredevil was fairly popular, though. Well, that's the thing. Like, three seasons, you know, it's not maybe. Well, uh, wh- the question that I kind of want to ask is. Yeah. What's too soon? Yeah, I know. If anything, I think Community probably could have used a season or two less. Yeah. It became defined by the fact that it got kept getting canceled or that it was always sort of struggling. Six seasons and a movie. Well, I mean, that, yeah, thanks for ruining my point by I'm bringing sorry. that up. But, and so it just became defined by how it was an underdog and that's the only kind of story that it could tell. And who knows where it could have gone if it wasn't interrupted show interrupted Mm -hmm. by this situation and it made me think of like just how long does something have to go on before it's not cut down in its prime sure like i love farscape and i think there was material there for it to go for a long time but four seasons is not bad i would agree with you yeah and it was their fault for writing the ending of the fourth season in a way that was like Holy crap, we have to come back after that. I think they were maybe doing it to be like, huh? Huh? Right. But they were one of the first shows to find out that sci-fi don't care. Sci-fi don't give a shit. It's very true. Sci-fi the honey badger yeah. of basic cable. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's a Photoshop there. <laughs> so just having that sort of in mind, are there any shows that you think fit the bill for those criteria? Shows that didn't get enough time to tell the story that they wanted to. Maybe it's their fault for having mm-hmm. like a 15 season arc <laughs> all planned out. Right, right. Uh, but shows that, yeah, that were good, got canceled before they got a chance to get all get it all out there. And uh, let's yeah. just say like Firefly off limits. Okay. I had that listed, but I have a couple listed because I kind of figured that would be the er example. So um, my first one, I guess, that I would say is uh, Pushing Daisies. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed that Two show seasons, right? a lot. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and I think it had a lot of potential for it co- to continue, like the storytelling. Does that mean everything. that I can't say Wonder Falls then? No, you can say Wonder <laughs> if, Falls. Uh, does that, can we only have one uh, uh, Tim Minear on this no, list? No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and I. I or was that Drew? Got, who was that? Which, which Whedon Knight was that? You keep talking, I, I'll look it up. I don't know. Um, but it, I just think it was a great concept and, um, it was just super quirky and fun. And, uh, I think it just did not get enough time to tell its story. Brian Fuller. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Well, that still probably knocks Wonderfalls off my list. You think? Well, I mean, how long could Wonderfalls could have gone? I, I, I don't know. I really liked it. I, I tried to think about that when I was coming up with examples. Like I really tried to think about did this show yeah it only got two seasons or yeah it only got three seasons but did it tell what it needed to you say? couldn't make a show like this because you could not you wouldn't be able to sell it you know because these are products um mm-hmm. they're packaged but i think like one solid 26 episode season of wonder falls could be really great could be some of the sure. most exciting exciting entertaining funny yeah. Uh, seasons of TV ever, and you go, we did it. We figured out what it was. Right. We got it. But yes. you can't sell a TV show like that. It's got to no. go forever. So right. that's the medium. Um, it's just like when they have episodes that 
<laughs> like continue to tell the story and they're like, this isn't working. And they pull it and they don't even air those episodes. Right. Like with Firefly. They had other episodes. Joss Whedon and his friends just should stay off of TV. You think so? Although not a ton of su- movie success either. No. No. He ruined the Avengers. <laughs> He created the Avengers, then ruined the Avengers. All right. Um, well, I'll just give you the the real obvious one that's hanging right in front of your face. Okay. It's Dark Matter. Oh yes, yes. That's the a aforementioned, good one. yeah. Well, I, I think it it was a Canadian show, but it was on Sci-Fi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a show that uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, this thing cost about fifty-two dollars and thirty-five cents uh, an episode, y- right? Yes. If even. Why not just let it keep going? I know. In fact, you uh, there must be some kind of, Well, I, uh, I want to say that I looked it up and I figured out that it was not owned by a subsidiary of Universal or, okay. or whatever. Sure. Um, because Killjoys, a very similar show that probably shouldn't have been green, greenlit at the same time as Dark Matter because they're kind huh. of the same show. Okay. Which also was very cheap, went on for another year or two. Okay. And so... If you're gonna give Killjoys the thing, somebody's watching Dark Matter. Yeah, keep going. For sure. They they at that point they had found a way to continue to develop their characters, their interesting characters. Yes. Um, without spending a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they hadn't quite run out of steam. We hadn't got to the, you know, oh we're sitcom plots now. Oh we're handcuffed together. Right. <laughs> you know, they hadn't. They kept coming up with new developments mm-hmm. some of them were not great i really didn't care about most of the stuff with like ford becoming the emperor or whatever but right. they took an old uh a main character and then turned him into an adversary and that's yes. interesting and so yeah there was places to go still yeah for sure and of course they also wrote to an end that was like come on come on right so if i was like no we don't care no they don't <laughs> we do not they, care you're right they are the honey badger um what else Another show I would say, and we just finished watching this, but I would say Deadwood. Um, See, I was going to say that. Yeah, well, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think that they didn't exactly get to finish telling the story that they wanted to tell. I think that they ended the third season kind of open-ended. Yeah. Um, they are getting another chance, though. They are getting another chance with a movie. So I am looking forward to that. Um, hopefully that will get to... Um, tie up some loose ends I guess the one thing I just don't know how they're going to accomplish is like do they just say that it's 12 years later or do they just say that it's no it happened right away and we just look older like what are they going to do um how are they going to fill in the story like with the blanks well how are they going to fill in the people who have died or they can't don't have access to anymore right I know like Merrick won't be running the newspaper anymore. No. <laughs> or at least we won't focus. We won't go visit the newspaper. No. And uh, is Joni going to take over the Bell Union or yeah, something? Because there's no, no Cy. Yeah. Um, maybe they'll just say that like Cy went down for uh, for killing Leon, even though who cares that Leon's dead? You know what I mean? Right. But, he's a druggie. So uh, Bullock found out about it and had him hung, and that was it. But they're going to have to deviate from from history. I mean, they have already. Yeah. But. yeah. So, yeah. Um, I See, I didn't put that down because it got another chance. That's the reason that Twin Peaks isn't on my thing. I, that Veronica Mars isn't on my thing. Right. Yeah. Um, because they all kind of had another shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that hasn't had a shot and will never now get a shot is a show called Carnival. It was on HBO. Sure. 
And it was a weird, weird ass story about uh, basically about circus freaks. <laughs> it was okay. about a, a traveling carnival. And just in the same way that something like Deadwood or something like Red Dead Redemption, you know, explores the sort of the death or the encroaching of the modern world on this sort of romantic traditional world. Yeah. Carnival is about like the, this traveling carnival in the days of TV and radio and the atomic bomb and how this is sort of dying out. And then it features, um, is it Nick Stahl, I think? Okay. Is that the guy? I'm bad, I'm bad at this. <laughs> I don't know. And Clancy Brown as these sort of opposing forces. Like okay. um, the one guy is like a force for good and... They're both sort of the avatars of like this good and evil sure. um, type situation, and it's it's less that that plot is the meta plot, and it goes for a while. It takes a long, in fact, too long because it was canceled. But okay. um, it takes a long time to sort of unfold. But in the meantime, you get these interesting stories about this sort of post Dust Bowl uh, or kind of mid Dust Bowl, I guess, um, story. Sure. Um, that unfolds, and it was all. I don't know. It's very interesting. Okay. And HBO usually gives things a, a fighting chance, it's usually. some breathing room. Yeah. Yeah. It was only one season, you said? Uh, it was two. It was two. Okay. Yeah, it was two seasons. And am I going way out on a limb here when I say that it was... Um, was it Ronald D. Moore that, was, that did it? Oh, boy. I have no idea. You don't know. I don't know. You, you don't know. I do not know. Um... Well, I know Daniel Knopf created it, but okay. somebody I know like worked on it. Actually, I know that Tracy Torme worked on it. Oh, really? The sliders guy. But anyway, huh. it, it was sort of Star Trek adjacent in a lot of ways. Oh. <laughs> Although it had nothing to do with Star Trek. Interesting. What's another one for you? Uh, another one for me is uh, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Okay. Um, it was only two seasons. The second season was like twice as much, as much as the first season. Yeah. But, I mean, the first season was really tight. Um, it had like a, you know, a great arc. I felt and like it was um, short, wasn't it? It was that short. That was the the year of the writer's strike. Yeah, it was really short. Um, and but I still feel like they were able to leave it on a significant cliffhanger. And then we come back in the second season and uh, hits the, the ground running. Right. It, the, or they hit the ground running. Yes. Because their Terminator's gone haywire. Their Terminator has gone haywire and is now like, like John Connor is now like being hunted by her. And um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome. And like he like can't bring himself to like torture her. Like he's like, I gotta try. I gotta try turning right. her back on again. I turned her off and turned her back on. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> she rebooted fine. Yeah, but, uh, so we can't get. Uh, we didn't get the uh, eye eye care plan on her. So no, <laughs> I can't burn my hot robot. I know, right? Um. So luckily for him, she like doesn't want to kill him anymore. But everybody else is kind of like. You can't trust her. So Right. Um, yeah, but I just um I feel like there was like a good amount of story there that um they probably didn't get to tell. Um I don't know how much of the second season you've seen, but uh they, it gets lost. Does it? Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. By the time it was over, they kinda made a big swing in like the last couple episodes to like 
wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Yeah. But Josh Friedman at that point, I think, was pretty much frustrated with his treatment by Fox, which is okay. I've never heard of that happening before. Right. And was basically just like, let's just let's just turn this up to 11. And there's even if they brought us back, what would we even do? OK. It's still a good ending to the to the season. But OK. But yeah, I mean, just it's that's another property that I was thinking of in terms of. Um, well, in a second, we're going to talk about pitches for yes movies or things that should be tv shows yes um that was the thing that's like yeah it's so terminator tv show yeah like when suricana chronicles is clicking you've got all these things that's like oh yeah i didn't think about that oh oh, that's a neat aspect of they turn skynet on and suddenly it's but you've got time machines so you could do anything and all the subsequent movies from two have tried to do this and didn't do it right and then right. this guy Josh Friedman comes along and he's got all these great ideas for how you could keep this going for a long time even if it's a chess program called the Turk but I spent a lot of time on that I but, know yeah but yeah I, I think that it definitely needed at least another season to try to get its shit together collectively mm-hmm. um here's a weird one okay when you think about <laughs> when you think about what all the people involved in Max Headroom went on to do. Yes. <laughs> Max Headroom should have succeeded. Yes. It should have been a thing. I can see your point. And I, honestly, like, I'm a fan of the show and I've seen it like a lot, but I guess I haven't delved into the real like backstory of what exactly went wrong with the show. Sure. But it should have uh, succeeded. And I'm talking about, um, about the, uh, I can't, what network was it even on? I don't even remember. I don't know. Uh, ABC, I think. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, it, was, it was an odd show. Yeah, so it was an odd very show. Very different. But it was coming in in the late 80s. It was um, after the success of um, Blade Runner and stuff like that. I, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of other, like, not post-apocalyptic, but kind of cyberpunk, you know, a crap sack right. future stuff. Maybe in like 87, 88, we didn't want that. We wanted Tango and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it, you know, it had um, uh, Mark Shepard's dad in it. It had uh, Matt Fuhrer, who never became huge, but he would be doing character work for years. And Amanda Pays, who's just been in a bunch of, <laughs> she's killed a bunch of shows. Oh, no. And uh, it was, I thought it was interesting and it had stuff to say about consumer culture Sure. And the news media, and if you tried to remake it now, you would have to. I mean, twenty forty nine failed, so you're not. We don't want. We say we want cyberpunk, but we don't. I really don't think that audiences want cyberpunk. So I if you find right. some way to kind of update it, whether the world cleans itself up or it's an alternate universe or whatever, if you tried to do the same thing and had a cyber YouTube head or something like that, right. you know, uh, that it, that. And there's a reporter and you comment on news and stuff like that. Yeah. I just think that people didn't want that in 87. They wanted Michael Jackson on fire, drinking a Pepsi. <laughs> and they just weren't interested in being critiqued like that. Yeah. It's too bad. Probably right. Yeah. Um, Blank Reg. Yes. I have I have one more on my list. Really? Uh, yeah. It's supposed to be three. Oh. Do you want me to what? stop? I can no. stop. What, what is it? Um, The Critic. I thought the critic went for like four or five seasons. It had three seasons. Three, okay. And they were short. They were like ten. <laughs> yeah, that, I episodes. guess that's true. Yeah. So I just I really enjoyed the show, and like you have so much material because it's just kind of based off well, of the Simpsons. critics. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
but it was he was a movie critic, so he could be like ridiculous about all these ridiculous movies that are yeah. coming out and everything. Um, so I just thought there was a lot of material there. I was really bummed when it wasn't on anymore. <laughs> it would be uh, well, we've got the critic, uh, we've got uh, John Lovitz, we've got movies. Yes, <laughs> what, the critic. Reloaded, you know. Sure. Would, would you like to see a reboot of the critic? Absolutely. I bet every year Lovitz pitches that to Fox, Probably. and every year <laughs> it's a no. Told no. Yeah. Well, what are some shows that you, or some properties, I should say, that you think could be shows? And this could be from anything. It could even be something that has already been on, and it's like, why don't we have Twin Peaks, The Next Generation, or, sure. or whatever? Yeah. Which we kind of got. Um. Well, my first idea is, I guess, my most unique one. Um. Is a, a show about people who work at and go to a cat cafe. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, these are your pitches. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're just pitching things. Here. I'm. I'm. Yes. Well, at can least I for say this one. with some certainty? And you might want to delete this part of the show. Uh, Netflix will absolutely buy this right now. <laughs> you attach one star to it. Yes. And I don't even because they did that Kathy Bates pot dispensary show. Yes. They would buy this in the room. They would buy this on the phone from you. <laughs> If you got a commitment from a C-list actor. Yes. I, I just think it would be really Get, fun. The aforementioned Elliot Gould. Yes. He's a grump. Yes. He inherits something something from his you know dead whatever. And it's a bunch of cats. And so we make a cafe. And yeah. That'd be awesome. What's it called? Oh, cat crazy. Um, <laughs> we can top that. Um, um, Feline and dine? I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait, I need some background. What happens at a cat cafe? Um, well, you order drinks from the people who work there and treats, which can be cat themed. Right. And then you go and you play with cats that they have there. And so, um, I think at a lot of cat cafes, you can adopt them. So maybe the cats would have to, like, they'd be different personalities that you would have throughout the show. I don't know if you want to have the cats do talk the cats or talk? not. Oh, you don't know. Okay. Yeah. That seems like a big question. I, I feel like maybe you do have the cats talk. Like, be like, Phew, that perfume's way too strong. Or, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Is this animated? Because Netflix would de- would buy it also, and you'd get even uh, more seasons out of it. I wasn't picturing it animated, but it, I think it would work well animated. So, okay. Yeah. And I think if you do it animated, you definitely have to have the cats talk. So. <sighs> yeah, well, you'd have to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, celebrity voices. Yeah. You get your Maya Rudolphs in there. You, you get can, your, because uh, the cats Benjamins are changing, you could have different celebrities on to play the cats. This is This is starting to sound like animals, which is on... AMC, I think. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, okay. All yeah. right. Did we do we get that title? Um, I don't know that we did. Uh, um, is it is it coffee? Well, it's like that gives coffee. us options. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, Nine I lives. Did, I, no, that's, that's Kevin Spacey. That's, good. that's Kevin Spacey. Oh, okay. I bet um, that the makers of Nine Lives are rip shit pissed that they're because that's you just turn that into a into a ABC Family show, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The ongoing adventures of a Kevin Spacey sound alike. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, well, I like your pitch. Okay. Uh, I don't have a pitch. I just want to bring uh, something to the screen. And the thing that I want to bring to the screen is uh, a Spider-Woman show. Oh, I like this. Now, this the Spider-Women movie maybe kills this. But in the past, I would have said uh, Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. I know we've okay. got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but like a Mad Men meets James Bond situation. Where sure. it's period, it's Cold War. Black or white, I don't care what Nick Fury is. It right. doesn't matter to me. Uh, yeah, doing a sort of Jim Stranko kind of adventures. But I realize sure. that that's a real long shot. And so instead, what you do is you get a superhero on TV, but you include all those elements as well. So instead of doing a uh, Kitty Pride, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type thing, you yeah. do a Jessica Drew, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type thing. I like this. So she is super powered. She's spider powers, venom blasts, all that good stuff. Maybe crime fights on the side. Sure. But she's also an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. who is posing as an agent of Hydra, who is posing as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, she's oh, a triple I like agent. That. Sure. So you get S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra in there. You've got high tech gadgets and gizmos. If Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can go for seven seasons, we can get four out of this. Absolutely. I you bring in you. whatever C-list characters uh, they're willing to give up, depending on what the rights are or whatever's going right. on over there between Jeff Loeb and Kevin Feige. Okay. I think, I think that's a And that's where idea. the adventures could continue, because we've been promised continued adventures from Iron Fist, Luke yes. Cage, and, and Daredevil. I don't know how, if that means Disney Plus. Okay. But right. Has anybody talked to the actors? Yeah. Or are I they know. incommunicado? Charlie Cox, do you have a contract still? Yeah, exactly. Or did you get a big check, you know, as a payoff? And right. And see you later. Right. Hope you can make it to that uh, Downton Abbey movie. <laughs> Remember he's in the first episode of Downton Abbey? I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. What What else you got? Okay. So this is other... My next two are things that I'd like to see on the, on the small screen. Um, I'd like to see a Hawk Girl and Green Lantern show. And Green Lantern as Jon Stewart, um, where they can, like, fight crime and bad guys and that sort of thing, fall in and out of love, um, work with each <laughs> other. heads, jumping in and out of bed. working with each other, right. you know, that sort of thing. Uh, I just really like... Do you bring the Gina Torres vixen in? Yeah, I think you probably have to. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like it to be a live action show. Oh, okay. And, um, so Okay, so no um, Phil uh, Lamar... Uh, voice and no uh, Gina Torres is Vixen and I can't remember the incredibly talented lady's name who uh, plays Hawker Chica yeah. Um so yeah I think it would be well if it's live awesome. action you got a cast I got a cast oh, man I don't I, I've you've had me try to cast Hawk Girl before and I've had little to no success well give me and, John Stewart okay <sighs> You can, you can have a movie actor. Okay. Maybe they'll want to do TV because um, it'll be on uh, DC Universe. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to think who would be a good Jon Stewart. Um, uh, maybe Jamie Foxx. Maybe. Whoa. Um, really? Maybe. Tyson Beckford's jumping up and down right now. <laughs> Jamie Foxx, he seems like a John Lantern, or John Lantern, John Stewart type, huh? Kind of. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, somebody who's, like, kind of, like, soft-spoken, but, like, really... But big stick. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that architect marine type. 
Right. Right. <laughs> However that works. Um, I mean, you can be an architect or be a Marine. I'm just sure. lampooning the uh, um, whipsaws in his uh, origin story. Right. Well, I feel like he's kind of tall, too. So, uh, mm. you don't think so? Uh, you know, if you see him in the group shots of... Yeah. of of, of Justice League, um, he's probably he's not the tallest. I bet Superman Hawk Girl is the tallest. small because she's Wolverine. Petite. Yeah, and then everybody else is like a demigod. So what are you gonna yeah, do? That's true. Like Wonder you've Woman got, is an Amazon. So. Yeah, Wendy and Soups are probably about the same height. She might be a little taller. John is already super tall, and he's making himself look like a huge superhero. And then Batman is like whatever the perfect height is. That's what Batman is. <laughs> So, right. John's probably on the smaller side. Okay. Um, but why? Six feet wide. Yeah, he's... he's. What about... What about the... <laughs> Give me a second to boot up my Vin Diesel and tell me what you think about Vin Diesel. <laughs> um... I could be a architect. Oh, my God. Vin <laughs> Diesel. Still, still loading. Um... All right. Well, anyway, let you think about it. We'll move on. Okay. We killing time. All right. Uh, this one is a no-brainer. Mass Effect. Oh, yeah. That would be lend itself really well to a show. Uh, except for the fact that the only successful iteration of the franchise focuses on one character. Uh, just make that character. Yeah. Just do that. Yeah. Shepard. I'm sure it's been optioned for a movie. They haven't done a movie yet because I think they're afraid of doing it like right. Or do we do, you know, a, a Shepard movie? And I say. I say yes. The answer is yeah, yes, right. clearly. Yeah. But they don't want to do that. So w- what if you just didn't worry about that? You've spent so much time building such a very deep universe for just three video games. Yes. And a bunch of, I don't know, comics and, and books and stuff like that. So you've got all that material. Set it anywhere. I work for CSEC. You know, it's kind of a tough job. I've seen a lot of aliens come through here. You know, you can do whatever you want. Or right. it's, it's an Asari assassin. Or you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Why hasn't this happened already? I I don't know. Because Electronic Arts doesn't have a good deal with like a studio or a network. Yeah. They might be afraid of like Make like, it animated, I don't care. Right. We might be afraid of like like because it is so much like hurting the property. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's why you don't worry about it. I guess. You just yeah. go for it. Right. You're not you you creating that wouldn't take away from people's love of playing the game you're damn right yeah what else okay um i i also would like to pitch a studio ghibli cartoon i feel like it could be told in like an anthology style so it could either be like continuations from films or like spin-offs of films or completely new stories okay and it would be animated so just studio ghibli stop with the finely crafted films and start pushing out a <laughs> a show. Pushing out a show, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Who's uh, in charge over there these days? That's a good question. Because I, I can see a real real veto from Miyazaki on that one. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the second he uh, actually goes retires. into his own, yeah. Well, he's <laughs> done that before. But the second that he goes on to his own fairy tale world yeah. of the afterlife, we yeah. go, all right, do it. Let's let's fire it up. Right, right. Toys, T-shirts. Yes. Merchandise. Exactly. Which they already have. Put for giant movies, robot. But yeah. Get in there. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to pile the Ava. Do it. <laughs> get get in that Ava, Totoro. 
okay, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I think their artistic restraint is admirable, but in that world that we already described, where it's like, you know, let's make some money. Right. Um, I'm amazed it hasn't already happened. Yeah. That's fine. Um, my last one is kind of a weird one, but it's an idea I had, and we can give it a shot. Okay. Um, I think that they should make a World of Darkness TV show. Now, this has already basically happened. Like, there was a Kindred show, uh, I think, about werewolves, but you take the World of Darkness property from the, the role-playing games, so that's Vampire the Masquerade, that's Mage the Ascension, that's werewolves, that's Changeling, um, I don't know, bring the hunters in or whatever. Sure. They've already kind of done this in a lot of ways. You've seen things like this. You've seen vampire shows. You've seen, um, like, the Dresden Files is like a show where it's like, well, there's a lot of things crawling around in the night. You don't know about them, but I right. do. And that's what it is. And then you could have a mage character, or like being human. Sure. That's like a sort of slice of life thing that mm -hmm. features like a werewolf, uh, vampire, and a whatever. Yes. Um, and a ghost. Isn't one of the roommates a ghost? Probably. Uh, and But do that with the World of Darkness and bring some of the, you know, late 90s edgelord with you. Sure. But, you know, temper it. Also have some characters that are like, all right, calm down. Right. <laughs> Right. Turn the dr uh, drowning pool off and let's just, uh, come on. Right. Let's be real here. And then that way you've got, you know, mages who can alter the fabric of reality. You've got, you know, these spiritual warriors that are like werewolves. You've got vampire. The vampire character could be the, you know, listening to the cure. And it's like, this is a, this is right. a big deal. This is a big deal. Uh, hey, I know you're dead, but music has moved on. <laughs> music is still alive. Uh, try this out instead. Right. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. You've got a whole world. Yeah. And I know that White Wolf has made deals and they've done things before, but I don't think that they're a very well-run company. Um, they've messed up a lot of opportunities. They've screwed with their sort of world a lot and just, you know, pick the best part of the world. Yeah. Hire somebody on who's a reformer like they do in comics, you know, or like Kevin Feige. And we're going to talk about a movie that was produced by Kevin Feige in just a few seconds. Yes. But he presided over this thing that was a mess. And there was, he couldn't do anything about the business deals. But once the business deals were cleaned up, they're like, well, now what do we do with this stuff? And I'm sure he was like, um, I'll tell you what to do. I've been watching it done wrong for years. Right. We need to get this together, pick the best sort of eras of each one of the heroes, get the best, creamiest stories out there, do this, 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 and we'll figure the rest out later. And yeah, so that's what they could do because they've got all this stuff that is half. You can't copyright a werewolf. No, you but can't. But at the same time, you don't have to explain what a werewolf is. You can do whatever you want with right, it. Right, exactly. So, yeah, you can do tell that. a completely new explain story. Explain your own elements. Yeah. But we already understand werewolf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's a very good point, and I think that's a good idea. Okay, well, whoever's listening, call us, because <laughs> uh, we will definitely uh, love to work on this stuff. Yes. <sighs> it's time. Okay. It's time to do it. All right. Time to talk about the man in the red suit. As Christmas approaches... <laughs> we got to talk about, fun fact, Daredevil stabbed by Santa once. What? It's a lot, lots happened. Wow. Wow. Or maybe it was just Turk in a Santa costume. But <laughs> it has happened before. Uh, and the probably the worst thing that's ever happened to this Job of a superhero was his 2003 movie. Yes. Directed by Mark Steven Johnson. Yes. Who got his start. So he is from Hastings, Minnesota. Uh-huh. And he's got to start as a screenwriter. Okay. Um, it might not surprise you to learn that he wrote Grumpy Old Men. 
Oh. And grumpier old men. Okay. Well, that, those take place in Minnesota. That so. was his start. Okay. Yep. That's how he got his start going. Um, he, after that, uh, wrote Simon Birch. I feel like I've heard that. Oh, whoops. Okay. Uh, and uh, directed it as well. Okay. Uh, it's about a kid who's got... He's different. Okay. And he's got to figure it out. Okay. I didn't, I didn't see right. it either. Okay. I didn't, I didn't see it. He has, if you want to know if he has dumb tattoos, he does. Oh, my God. He okay. absolutely does. All right. Uh, he also directed the Ghost Rider film. Oh, no. Yeah. So he was oh, uh, no. Fox's uh, non-X-Men comic book guy for about as long as it took for that to fall apart. Okay. <laughs> and it did. Isn't there a second Ghost Rider film? There are two. He didn't yeah. do the second one. Okay. And the recent Christopher Robin is from a story by him. He didn't write the teleplay or the screenplay. Oh, okay. So the one with um, Ewan McGregor? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Um, let's just get it right out there. All right. Uh, I don't really know about his writing ability. Um, I'm sure Grumpy Old Men's fine. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, There are elements of Daredevil script that are fine. Uh, He is not a director. He's not a filmmaker. (laughs) No, not really. He has no idea what he's doing in this movie. Mm -hmm. It seems almost academic at this point. As we've talked about the Netflix show before, we've even reviewed Daredevil comics and comic storylines on this show. He is my absolute favorite comic book character. But I still think you should tell us what happens in the movie Daredevil. Well, we start off and he's in a suit on a cross bleeding because that's an image from the comic books. Um, You don't Yeah. (laughs) And then we flash back to his childhood because we have to tell his origin story. So then we get the Daredevil origin story. His dad is a boxer and he was working for Fallon. Uh, Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And... He gets blinded as a kid, but in the movie, it's not saving an old man and getting sprayed. He just gets sprayed in the eyes with um Yes, waste. stupidly. Yeah. Uh, save your commentary. Just tell me the plot of the movie. Okay. <laughs> so he gets blinded. His dad throws a fight and then, uh, or doesn't throw a fight. And then he gets beat up and killed by Fallon's goons. And he finds him in a... Um, Matt Murdock finds him in a alley and like he's like, no. I think you skipped the point where radioactive waste in a boy's optic nerve yeah. gave him kung fu powers. Okay, yeah, you're right. I did skip that point. So then he like has like sonar is like kind of how the movie describes it. And he can just, the city is his playground and right. he just goes down fire escapes like he's just sliding down them right. and stuff While like that. While drowning pool plays. Right. The aforementioned yes. drowning pool. Um <laughs> and uh yeah, a lot of a lot of angry uh art music. Who knew that this. Yeah, who knew that radioactive waste could give you wire work abilities? I know. Um so so then he has his partner, uh Fahi, who he is in a law practice with who is played by John Favreau. Um, and he meets Electra, like she like comes into this restaurant and like I don't know if he can smell her from far away or what, but it's just there's something about her heartbeat or something that he's like 
wants Foggy to tell him about it. Um, and I'll try to make it faster. Um, basically, uh, they fight as they meet. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, we watched the extended cut, so we watched him. Oh, like, I, yeah, we should. That's a good point. Um, we watched. As I mean, he if you defended, ever got through this synopsis, uh, yeah. people would know. We okay. <laughs> he he defends Coolio. <laughs> not not Ooh. not a character. No, he defends Coolio. Yes, he says, "Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this man has walked through the valley of the shadow all of death." All right, all right. <laughs> so it's a character played by Coolio, but um. Coolio is uh, accused of killing a prostitute. He didn't do it. Um, and It gets real chunky in the middle. It gets real chunky in the middle. He doesn't know until like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour before the end of the film that Wilson Fisk is the kingpin. <laughs> like what you would think would be the thrust. Of, in yes. the first 15, 10 minutes of this film, a child's father is killed by a mysterious assailant who leaves a, a definitive calling card yeah. uh, that is particularly associated with smell. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, let me know the answer to that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And yeah, and then in the last ten minutes of the movie, he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, that's right." Wilson Fisk is. I was gonna with? avenge my father's death. Oh, oh yeah, weird. Yeah. Grumpy old man. Yeah. Um. So I would say that's that's about it. You left out. <laughs> you left out a couple things. You left out that uh, his not girlfriend, not girlfriend's father. Yes. Is murdered and yes. he's oh by apparently. Bullseye. Yeah, I was gonna introduce him better than that. Okay, but sorry. Apparently, by um, but him. So now she's on. She wants to fight him to the death. Daredevil. And in yeah. the meantime, Colin Farrell is on a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. And by drugs, I just mean that's like a new type of beer. It's called drugs. <laughs> I don't know. He had he had problems. Yeah. He had problems. He has a, a bullseye on his forehead. We'll get to that. So, um, you never saw this before. No. What's wrong with you? Uh, I, I saw it. I don't know. I didn't know. Do you know how this might have ruined everything for me? Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. This might have ruined the whole thing for me. I, I'm going to tell my Brian Michael Bendis story. Okay. Daredevil saved me. It it saved me. It made me a comic fan again. I had been a comic fan in the way that all children love Captain America or Superman or whatever as a child. And mm-hmm. then as a teenager in junior high and high school, I was kind of reintroduced to comics by my friends who were comic freaks. You know, I had one friend who is a comic artist today. Mm-hmm. I had another friend who uh, obsessively collected comics and I would go over and just sort of sometimes look at it and be like, eh, neat, comics, I remember Spider-Man. Uh, and I don't know what it was. I can't even imagine being that way, the way I am now. Right. Uh, and then those guys, those two, took me to a comic book store, you know, one day in 1991 or whenever it was, and then suddenly I was a comics fan again. And that went for a while, but then I got to college, and it was, you know, tough to find them, tough to buy them or whatever. I was still kind of into comics, mm-hmm. um, but the X-Men were starting to really suck. Anybody who read the X-Men in the mid-90s uh, knows what I'm talking about. Okay. And then I went to uh, the Wizard Con in Chicago in, like, 98, maybe? Mm-hmm. Right around the time that Daredevil was relaunching with Guardian Devil, uh, the series written by Kevin Smith. 
Let me finish. And penciled <laughs> by Joe Quesada. Where are you going? Let me finish. And it invigorated the character. And this was the time that many characters are being reinvigorated in the Marvel Knights sort of um, let's everybody get out and push. Let's save this entire right. company type thing. And Marvel mm-hmm. Knights blew up and became a real thing. And uh, and I bought all eight issues of Guardian Devil. And then we went to a comic book store and I bought back issues of Daredevil. And I'd never really read Daredevil. He was just always the blind guy. Sure. And really got into him. Um, and so now I'm cooking, chugging along, loving it. Uh, here that Ben Affleck, who I never was hot on, but it was not Ben Affleck. Right. In, in 2002 when the movie was announced or right. 2001 and thought, okay, this could be a real good thing. Valentine's Day. Nothing good ever comes out wow. on Valentine's Day. Sorry, Deadpool. Uh, Valentine's Day 2003 comes around. Go to see this thing. First 10 minutes, I'm out. Really? What? Did you leave? No, I didn't leave. I should have, okay. but I watched the the whole hour forty five movie or whatever it was. Yeah. Not the director's cut. No Coolio. Right. And was just like shattered. It was like this is horrible. Like how could they miss Messed it so it bad? So much, we were all yeah. used to watching comic book movies and them not getting something right exactly. Mm-hmm. And maybe Blade was so popular because we had so little expectations of it. Like right. he wasn't British. It was this is, you know, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. In a trench coat, in a leather trench coat. Yeah. But it was just they found a vibe. And this this does not have a vibe, or at least it's a vibe that I want nothing to do with. And it, everybody hated it. I mean, yeah, you can look back today and find reviews that were positive about the visuals. Right. Or whatever. Like you can't see the jerking off motion I'm making. And uh, but so whatever. And so we go back to the Wizard Con again that year. And mm-hmm. this is the post Daredevil okay, environment. Sure. I can't remember if anything else big had come out that year comic book wise, but it's possible not. And I went to a big panel of creators. It might have been about Daredevil, but I know that Brian Michael Bendis was one of the big guests on the panel. Okay. And at this time, he was still, I think, the main writer of Daredevil. That's kind of where he not got his start, but like it was his first big sort of project before he would set about ruining the entire Marvel Universe. Okay. Uh, but he's doing good work on Daredevil. And I remember that I raised my hand for a question. Everybody's asking me for nice things. I didn't want to be mean, but and I, right. and I am not a person that asks questions, but I just had to know how this guy could have let this happen. And I know it was Mark Steven Johnson's fault and not his. Right. But I was just basically like, what did you think about the Daredevil movie? Yeah. And he had just gotten done doing like a hot take about something else. And I thought, now we're going to find out what happened. Like, what happened here? Yes. And instead he was like, oh, you know, it was really great to be involved in that. I'm really proud of all the work that everybody's done on it. And just a total... Stock answer. Oh, wow. I've got 99 doubters, but Bradley Cooper's not one. Right, right. And he's moved right on next. And it was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be Jim Acosta. Now I know. Oh, my God. Uh, and I was just really disappointed. Oh. Because that's upsetting. I was like, there's an elephant right there. Yes. He is eating peanuts. Right. Right out of your hand. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about this elephant. No. The elephant's name is 800 pound gorilla. Yeah. I know. What a weird thing to name an elephant. <laughs> but it's all deserved because this is this is not great. As somebody who didn't see the original theatrical version, uh, I will yeah. tell you that I had never seen the extended director's cut. Sure. And it is not better. No, I would not but think so. But it does make more sense. 
And sure. as inconsequential as the Coolio plot line seems, yeah, the the R rate like the F words and the R rated and under boob and R rated aspects, you could just lose those. Who cares? Right. But having them actually do their job and like defend somebody and not like murder a rapist, like that is probably net positive. But it adds the the length it adds to the film. You just want to get out. You just want it to end. Yeah. It it doesn't really. It's not bad. It just anything. it's just too long. Yeah. There it, it is and long. while we were watching it, I was talking about there are like long cues in this. Like you could have cut ten minutes of just silence and and just cues and like late lines out of it to make up for putting poor uh ivan what's his real name again i, don't know what his real name <laughs> I can't is. remember his name it's a cool name though yeah uh alvin ivy or something like that okay. uh, anyway um yeah putting coolio back in yeah um i mean there's a bit at the end where he's like just like hugging and shaking uh, John Favreau's hand like repeatedly and it goes on for like five it's minutes. It's a funny bit. It but is a funny bit. That's what editing is. Yeah. It's all one shot. Yeah. Yeah. And like the star of the movie is not involved. He's standing in the foreground looking off in the distance yeah. and they just do this bit for like a minute. Yeah. The one good thing, maybe I should say this from the end, uh, dessert, but the one good thing that came out of this is this is technically the movie that gave birth to the Marvel Universe as we know it. I can see that. John Favreau's involvement yes. in this mm-hmm. as an actor yes. led to him becoming familiar with Kevin Feige and the people at Marvel mm-hmm. and him pitching the idea of doing Iron Man. Of doing Iron Man. And that's we might not have got that if he if hadn't he had been. goodwill with the with the production people and Yes. Yeah, so that is a positive thing, for sure. But what a double dose of medicine to take. Yeah, to get what we got. I think, you know, this came out when I was in college, and I think I just I didn't really I was not familiar with who Daredevil was, and I just was like, eh, and I don't know, I I wasn't like super into comic books at the time, and so I just didn't go see it, yeah. and then I heard it was really bad, so then I was kind of like glad that I didn't go see it, you know, um, I watched most of the batman movies how'd you miss electra though i don't know (laughs) i was not like a huge like jennifer garner fan at the time either i mean i didn't watch like alias or anything like that so good stuff yeah i know um is it goethe that has the three rules of criticism it's like what was that what were they trying to do did they accomplish it and how well did they accomplish it or whatever That, that sounds about right why does this exist uh, this is for me. Um, this is like um, a DVD menu printed in Braille. <laughs> it has no purpose. Wow. A blind person cannot feel a TV. No. So why do you put the DVD menu in Braille? I I didn't know what the hell was going well, on. Any of the credits? I oh know. oh okay. Thank you. Yes, Ben Affleck. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's a visual motif, but they can't even see it. I know. There is an so, audio. The original DVD does come in an audio described version. The director's cut does not. Oh, okay. Well, at least we open on a CGI described. rat. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the rats were playing a big part in this. They were all over. But what is? Maybe we could just like break. We could just deconstruct the rat, and that would be done. Maybe. But why? Why do we open on a rat? Gritty. I think we want to show. Yeah, it's city. dark and gritty. Gritty city. Yeah. I mean, this is Marvel. Kitty City. Marvel I just got the title of your 
of your Elliot Cat Gold Cafe? show. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Kitty City. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think we're... So, yeah. We're, DC I, is, I mean, Marvel is doing a DC thing. We're doing dark and gritty. Um, yeah. Doom is all over this thing. Yes. Edge Devil. Yeah. Should be Edge Devil. Yeah. I mean, we like I said, we open with him bleeding on a cross. I mean, come on. Well, you can blame Joe Casada for that. Pretty dark. I know. And then, like... Just a lot of point missing. You know? Mm -hmm. Daredevil is an easy one to do because anything... It's like cyberpunk. It's like anything that's edgy, you miss the forest for the many cool-looking trees. Mm -hmm. And so people think, like, cyberpunk... Cyberpunk 2077 uh, is all about like, oh, yeah, he's injecting drugs into your neck and you got a robot hand. And it's like cyberpunk has never not been about an underclass of people, you know, fighting for their rights, fighting for entitlement, being pressed and ground down by establishment. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Light of Morehouse will tell you that's what it's about. Right. You want to stick some orange boobies in later? That's fine. But if you're missing that first part, there's nothing. You don't have anything. No. And I think you look at this and you go, blood, flipping, uh, sonar, uh, bloody cross, Catholic, you know, dirty city rat. Yeah. Yes, those are all the set pieces. But what play are you putting on on this stage? Right. And the answer is nothing. I know. There's just nothing. The, the really sad thing is the Coolio thing was an, a, an attempt at something. An yeah, attempt was. was made. Yeah. If this was like the Ben Affleck Daredevil TV show, that would be like a two or three episode arc. Yes. Where we got to get Coolio yes. off this murder. Exactly. This murder uh, charge. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but there's just nothing there. It's just... Uh, Kingpin, got it. Uh, Bullseye, uh, Electra. What are all the things that we have to? What are all the dolls that we have to put in this house? Yes. Uh, before we um, put, turn the light. What do you do with the dollhouse? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> what are, what are all the dolls it. we got to put at this tea party before we start pouring yes. fake tea into all the cups? Yes, exactly. We got to tick all the boxes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is chock full of characters, which I guess is a good thing. But we don't even we don't even meet Wilson Fisk till like almost halfway through the film. So, I mean, he really could have played a bigger part in this. And he serves no purpose. Like, yeah. I always say, don't save anything for the sequel. Don't do it. The game is on. Like, don't have him show up mid-credits and be like, now we'll see what you're made of or whatever. Right. Fine, they've got him in the movie. But he doesn't do anything. No. Except murder Daredevil's dad. <laughs> like, he yeah. is he is the Jack Nicholson Joker to his, his Daredevil. Yeah, he is. But we don't learn anything about him. No, we don't. he likes roses. He likes roses. And martinis. And he is kind of behind everything. But even when you cut the Coolio thing out, then you don't know that he is paying off cops to murder um, prostitutes to set people up. Right. You don't know anything about that. You just know he's crime guy. Yeah, exactly. Which is just so, it's just so shallow. It, it, it's very shallow. shallow. That it's, is it's, not, it's a caricature. Yes. That is not worthy of the put the mustard in the mug instead of honey gag yeah <laughs> which is the height of this movie right the best part yes well I... do you think favreau's dialogue was improvised it might have been i could see them doing that because i just don't the, i don't know i guess i'd have to watch grumpy old men again i don't know this guy's comedy chops maybe he just maybe he's better writing comedy than he is at like being so the, the city. serious i'm gonna stick up for the little guys in this city or whatever right 
Uh, yeah, but when he's like, guy. people pay us in, <laughs> in this junk. Yeah. It's like we're working on the set of Sanford and Son. I keep expecting Lamont to come down the stairs. <laughs> like, that just seems like like a riff to me. Yes, I would agree but with John that. John Favreau is reportedly, he used to be funny. Right, right. Exactly. Um, I just, okay, there were moments in this where I was just like, why is this happening? And I would say, like, one of those moments is when Electra and Matt Burdock, like, do like kung fu on this playground <laughs> yes, that in is front the, of all these kids that's the Catwoman basketball scene yeah of, it's just yeah. it makes no freaking sense no. and he's not even dressed up as daredevil as he does it he's clearly matt murdoch you know what it is man you've but... you've read man without fear yes and so you know that there is a um, precedent for a sort of um playful foreplay um, between these two, yeah, uh, in that they are both um, jungle cats, and the jungle is the urban one. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So they can jump over buildings, and they can slide down poles, and they can do this stuff. And so I bet they were like, "This is what we get. We get a seduction scene between them, where they're chasing after each other and they're eluding each other, or whatever." But then it turns into we don't have the money for it, and two, um, Jen can't do it. <laughs> Jen right. and Ben can't do it. Right. Like they're just not good enough. We can't do the fake ass Blade Two CGI Ninja Vampire type thing. Right. What do we do instead? What do we do? What do we do? Uh, we got this playground, playground. set. Yeah. yeah. So they're gonna fight on a seesaw. Yeah. Not a good, not a good second choice. No. Go to the third one. It's not. Think it's of something not else. a good second choice. It. Do you buy Jen at all as a fearsome assassin killer? Kind of. I mean, so she fights him on the playground and obviously she knows like martial arts or something like that because she's a bored rich girl. So that's how she spends her time. I don't know. They never explained that in the film. That is essentially the explanation (laughs) in the comics. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I wasn't too worried about that. No. So, I mean. She's just so she's 13 going on 30. You know, she's just so so sweet. Yeah. She's like syrupy sweet. And then like they have that. Yeah. in In your tea. Right. Uh, and they have that scene where she's at home or something like that. And then she's like cutting open all these sandbags that are dropping from the ceiling. Wake me up. It's I can't wake up. <laughs> yeah. I know. And Evanescence is playing a huge part in this, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, actually, one of the guys, I think the bassist or somebody from Incubus, like helped put the soundtrack together. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I blame him. You believe it. Yeah. Let's see, that might not be true, but yeah. you believe it. Yeah, I totally believe it. Yeah, uh, she was uh, um, Eliza Dushku was up for this, uh, an actress that you don't really see much anymore named Natasha uh, Malfi was up for it. She later became one of the villains in Electra. Okay. They're just it was just like what are the brunettes who have kicked on a show before? Right. And none of them are I don't know. What do you think about Elodie Young from uh, the the show? The Netflix show. Oh, I think she does a good job. I think she does a pretty decent job. I think she's believable. Yeah. Um, I like her costume more because yeah. she has, you know, the mask thing. Yeah. Nobody's ever done the the bandanas, and nobody's ever going to. I don't think it's that's gonna work. No, <laughs> that's okay. But I mean, for her to go out and like not cover her face at all, and like she also doesn't have her hair up when she's like fighting as Electra. Yet yeah. she has it up every other scene. You mentioned it's like. Yeah. Well, it looks good. Yeah, you know, she's got a nice, a nice neck. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you're gonna go out and fight, but that's not you know what Electra does. And I'm like, okay, well if that's not what she does, then put a do rag on, right? <laughs> At least make a comic accurate because so much of this was slavishly comic accurate. Yes. in the way that 
Watchmen have failed in the way that, you know, offense to um, to Lexi, uh, what's her name? But in the way that, like, Punisher failed. Yes. Uh, it's just like, we've got to get it. Make it look just like the comics. So and he's I hugging across. Yeah. Or like when Elektra is, quote unquote, killed, she's stabbed through, you know, yes. by Bullseye with the sigh. Yeah. Uh, Bullseye's dialogue is even, you know, from the comics, you know, you're good, but I'm magic. And yeah. then Colin Farrell or Colin Firth, Colin Farrell, I almost yeah. like Colin Firth. Yeah. I am magic, baby. <laughs> mm, I'm so awkward and British. Oh, I dropped the card. Uh, <laughs> or is that Hugh Grant? Uh, but, uh, but did somebody heard that and went magic, magic, magic. He does close up magic. I know. Can we talk about Bullseye? Yes. Can we talk about the best part of the film? I think we need to talk about Bullseye. I remember hating him the most of all yeah uh maybe because of alexander i know that was later uh when i saw this film and now he's my favorite part sure because who cares yeah at least somebody's having fun yeah at least somebody had an idea especially contrasted with when you look at what charlie cox does with matt murdoch which is shows even less emotion than ben affleck Mm -hmm. but yet we know that there are things going on and we know yes. that his only he feels so much and his only way that he deals with it is, is to repress. Yeah. Gold star Catholic there. Right. No Hail Marys for you. Right. Uh, to go take Ben Affleck, who's just so boring and just unreactive and then flip it over to. I'm just going to rub my forehead and I'm going <laughs> <know. laughs> to switch my little coat around yeah. and I'm jump all around. And... I'm going to chuck this peanut in this old lady's mouth yeah i'm gonna kill this guy and i'll be like bullseye and put him in huh huh yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> flip and he's out of there yeah yeah um apparently he was a handful on set was he really <laughs> as you'd expect him to be okay. uh his sister i found out uh was like a pa on the set and then she was also the voice of um the heather oh uh, really on that's the answering his machine. sister yeah so huh. pays pays to you know have a friend in the biz. I guess so. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, cameos in this. Uh, Kevin Smith, of course, cameos. Yes. I think that's only in the extended As version. Jack Kirby. <sighs> yeah. N- hey, name me uh, Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby. Name yeah. me that. Yeah. Uh, Kirby had actually very little to do with the creation of Daredevil. Um, okay. Even Mark Evanier would admit to that, I think. Okay. Um, originally created by Stanley and Bill Everett, although Bill Everett might have had very little to do with the creation of Daredevil. Okay. And um, Steve Ditko might have been involved, too. It's a whole it's a whole mess. Yes. It's a whole it's like the cops, uh, the gay cops are having a baby on Arrested Development. Oh, boy. All right. Sure. They're like, we just he gave a sample. I gave a sample. We mixed them up. Yeah. We'll, we'll never know who's it. It really is. Right. One's black, one's white. Um, right. Right. So anyway. Uh, yeah. But they're all in there. Um, Frank Miller appears as a guy who's murdered for his motorcycle <laughs> for some reason. Of course, Stanley is in there. And yes. then they did the whole. And everybody else is just has a name from something. So there's Kirby, like you said. There's a character named Everett. There's a colon. Um, he's boxing against a Romita. Uh, there's, there's a guy a- named uh, Kane for uh, Gil Kane, who was a artist, a cover artist for Daredevil. Um, Miller, Mac, and Bendis are three boxers that we never see. It's just like this really cheap Don't sort of thing. Don't forget Joe Quesada, who he murders on the sea train. Right. So Joe Quesada, who was an artist of the Daredevil's revival and then later became creative president of creative or whatever his title is for right. Marvel. Uh, he was like, yeah, thanks for making me the rapist, guys. Yeah, I know. Thanks. 
That's real, real. I'm sorry, sweet. I was drunk and I hit on your sister at that party, but very touching. <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> I'm, the I'm immortalized as the rapist. What do you think about Daredevil murdering a guy? Yeah, that's um. Daredevil was pulled the trigger and the gun was the, the sea train. train. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that I mean that's you're going really dark on this because because in a movie where he's up against uh, he is he is a man who has suffered because of murder. He's a man that fights to stop murderers. Right. And the big moral victory is that he decides not to again commit murder against the only person in his life that he really probably should murder. Right. (laughs) That's okay. I know. He's not the bad guy, everybody. Right. He's not the bad guy. What the hell? And then he leaves his calling card at the C-train like station, which is apparently kerosene double Ds. So a train has just run over a man. Yes. Slammed on the brakes. Mm-hmm. And then whatever the process is that happens in these empty, totally empty, you know how new the New York yeah, subway New is. New York subway it's empty. stations. But yeah. at some point you hit a button and go, oh my God, I hit somebody, right? Right. But you've just cut a man in half. Yes. Now you got to take about, oh, I'd say 10, 15 minutes to get your little bottle of Sterno out and paint a double D on the floor of the thing. Yes. <laughs> Which I know not everybody's daredevil, but... Cops are just walking around this crime scene. Nobody smells kerosene or anything flammable. I know. And then also, they can't see it, so they've been walking all over it. Ben Urich, we assume, because he's been at other crime scenes, so Daredevil has done this before. Yes. Uh, He lights it on fire. Instead of saying DD, it should be with a bunch of like flaming (laughs) footprints all over it. And one guy going, "Ah, I got the hot foot. Ah, My my foot's on fire. I agree with you. (laughs) It just makes more sense. Why not on the wall? I don't know. (laughs) Right? I don't know. The far wall of the tunnel. I don't know. It's like, why have it at all? Why do you have a calling card? You are not a bad guy. You even say it yourself. Yep. I mean, Spider-Man's got a spider signal sometimes. But I don't think Daredevil has ever done that. No, it's just weird. And you like slavishly recreate like panels for some scenes and another scenes. You're like, well, eh, we'll just do some kerosene double D's. That's fine. That's just what this movie is. It's just that's what it takes to beat the, the rapist. Yeah. Jose Casada. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't want rapist oh. in our SEO. Otherwise, that would be the title of this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. Does anything work? Oh, God. Does anything work? Oh, f- before you answer that, mm-hmm. think about that in the in your back brain. Okay. Was Joe Pantoliano just wearing his own clothes to the set? Was he the Ben Urick? Yes. Yeah, I think he was. <laughs> was he just like sure no, seemed like no, I'll just show up whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't. I don't need a fitting. I got an earring. Yeah. In my ear. Turn my flat cap backwards. Yeah, exactly. Chewing gum. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. Great. <laughs> Other times smoking. Yes. Exactly. Even though I guess it's nicotine gum. Yeah. Whatever. Uh. Um. I think I think that um, the Matt Murdock and uh, Foggy rapport. I think that works when they're um, scheming on women. <laughs> and Matt is using his yes. his blindness yes. to pick up a chick. Yes, yes. You mean all that? Yeah, I mean all that. And the, and the uh, conversation that establishes that they have a habit of like of Matt sniffs this? these chicks out like yeah. a bloodhound. Yeah. And then he comes back and gives uh, Foggy all the deets. Yeah. I didn't mean to you, interrupt your make, point. You make it sound really, <laughs> really bad. I think it's funny that, and I mean, we can re- we'll definitely talk about our performance later. We kind of talked about it before. But yeah. just for now, we'll say Jennifer Garner, clearly a good looking girl. Um, 
Ben Affleck thought so. Right. Um, and so I, I think it's funny that they've continued this thing of like, there's this thing in the comics where Matt just always dates like the most gorgeous women. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're trying to do an irony thing because he can't see them, but <laughs> it's funny because like Karen Page was, I mean, every character is drawn beautifully. Do you know right. what I mean? But like, yeah when they they mention it a lot like you assume that like um i don't know give me somebody psylocke is good looking actually psylocke was a model in her old body okay anyway karen page was hot enough in the 60s that she thought i could be a movie star so she went to be a movie star oh okay and it didn't turn out very well thanks to frank miller uh you know but like right i know the story yeah and like you know gloriana and even typhoid mary and so they just kind of continue that thing, and it's like, wouldn't he, wouldn't Matt Murdock care more about whether you farted a lot? <laughs> Probably. They even have a scene, and I guess we're going really long, so we're not going to review uh, the first episode of season three of Daredevil, only to say good. Yeah, it's good. But they have a scene where Matt—it's the aftermath of him telling Karen that he's Daredevil, and they start to talk about like his powers or whatever because she's learning that he has this you know awareness that's right. above you're talking about the TV show now yeah the TV show yeah please can we talk about something good yeah I know and she's like well you know how does it work and he's like well I know a lot of it just makes me know a lot of stuff like I know that on your way here you stopped at like your favorite restaurant but I know you didn't order anything right um, but you did have a drink right and she says specifically, like, this is humiliating. Like, you're humiliating me. Uh-huh. Not only because he has he has deceived her and he has information that she doesn't, but he will always have information that she doesn't. And then he drops the bomb on her that he can tell when people lie. Yes. So now you are on the most unequal of ground with somebody. Right. Not that you want to deceive somebody, but you want to feel like you are an individual human being and you have the choice and right to give up certain pieces of information right and because of his abilities he is somebody who will they good stories about him play up that he is in his own way a detective he might not be a deductive genius but he has the kind of information and the kind of sensorium that sherlock holmes wishes he had right and that allows him to do things but it also means that he will know a lot more about you and it makes and in good stories it means that he because of that is often arrogant and presumptuous because he has so much more information. He, he thinks he knows everything. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really hard to tell a person like that that they're wrong. Yes. If there were Green Lantern rings in the Marvel Universe, he would be the most powerful Green Lantern ever. Right. <laughs> because yes. he has, he, I mean, he has crazy delusion, but he has er- erected amazing willpower to def- yes. <laughs> to cover over those delusions. Yes. Like one Hal Jordan. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know where I was going. I just wanted to talk about what I thought was a good scene in the Daredevil show. Here's another good one. Yeah. In the last 10 minutes <laughs> of the first uh, episode of yeah. season three, mm-hmm. we're introduced to a character who is an FBI agent who needs money. Yes. Uh, and it's not good pacing or positioning. No. But I already like this guy. I already like what they've set up for him. And... I think the new showrunner guy is writing these episodes. Oh, okay. This is like their fourth showrunner now. Sure. Can't remember his name. Uh, but he sa- there are some nice subtle moments because he's talking to his wife mm-hmm. about a family party they're having. Yeah. And they're arguing over like, she tried to use a credit card and it was declined. And yes. then he's like, well, which card was it? And then later on, we find out it's that he's been supporting his um, sister, I think, or sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, yeah. Who's had cancer. So he's been helping yeah. pay for these cancer treatments. 
and he's giving this speech about how like you're cancer free now we're so glad you know you're part of the family and we've all had to make sacrifices and there's a lot of things that circumstances that have like come to to make it it's been real tough and he's kind of getting off on the speech and off camera we hear a cough that i assume is his wife's cough and he gives this little subtle look and gets back on line in the speech and i'm like you do not see that in netflix shows no they do not they are not written think about something like that on iron fist yeah, it'd be it's like, just Faramir yelling at his kid or whatever. Right. Uh, and then in that scene directly after or two scenes after, he goes and meets Wilson Fisk. And we've seen before that Wilson Fisk has been confronted with the fact that he might lose his wife. Yes. If he can't work something out, like mm-hmm. his, he'll never be with his wife again. This guy is worried about his family and how he's going to pay for the FBI guy. They yes. meet in the room, and we already know what's going to happen. We know that mm-hmm. they're going to make some kind of deal for money, and he, he's going to go bad, and it's going to get Fisk out. But like immediately, the guy is frustrated because he's like, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so. <sighs> Screw it. Can we just get to the part where you tell me to F myself, and we can just right. cut this out? Right. And Fisk is like, do you have anybody that's important to you? And you'd think, okay, now we're going to get to the part that we know is going to happen. But instead, there's a complication because he's still sort of in character as an FBI agent, literally. And he's like, are you threatening my family? Right. And it seems like a misstep for somebody like Kingpin, who, if he really wanted to manipulate this guy, he would give him the juice right away. Right. You know, I'm sure you're a good agent and sort of butter him up. But instead, he's just being honest and he's not immediately assimilating that honesty. He thinks that it is some kind of criminality. Mm-hmm. And that is a layer of subtlety that you would never find in most Marvel Netflix shows. I would agree with that. So I've heard, we haven't watched it. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I've heard good things about it and I'm really looking forward to this show falling apart around the seventh or eighth season. Oh no. <laughs> or episode. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think that Daredevil has been the strongest Marvel Netflix show Nobody, Absolutely, nobody would question that. Yeah. So... Um, anything left to say? I mean, what can you say? Uh, Bullseye is ridiculous. Steals the show. Movie's best when it, when it, I don't even know. It might still think it's taking itself seriously, but when it's not taking itself seriously. Yes. You know what I mean? I would agree. How, where is this church with the giant pipe organ that you can fight on? Oh my gosh, I know. But. Crazy. For me, that's like, this is a comic book. Now I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not cool that she's gets killed but no w- like when he's killing electra <laughs> like that's right. fun yeah when he's standing on top of a motorcycle <laughs> with his arms open wide yeah yeah like uh, i don't Jesus think creed's on the soundtrack Brazil. but yeah, yeah yeah exactly um those parts are good yeah i would agree um do you think that this kind of character can be done still okay so they've tried to evolve daredevil in the comics in a lot of ways yeah but should we move on completely? Does this exist anymore? Because Hell's Kitchen is not even a thing. Yeah. It's all it's all lofts and coffee shops now. Yeah. Um, in 1964, <laughs> Stanley was really progressive. In 1964, Catholic was essentially a race. Right. Back then. When yeah. you made your superhero Catholic, you were kind of doing a thing. Yeah. Like making him Asian or making him, you know. Now right. it's like, you know, it's not even really a thing. Laps Catholic. Thanks, Sinead. We've seen it. Like, we know right. how that works. Like, is could Daredevil even exist today? Could you have create him today? That's a really good question. Thank um, you. And that's our show. 
I don't I mean, I think you could still have him, but I mean it would you would need the circumstances to all like line up and, you know, just get it just right. I I think he maybe... has to be from a religious minority. Yes. He has to be from an area that he has to be a Muslim from Detroit is what I'm saying. That's how you get Daredevil. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe you're right. Um, yeah. Um, Detroit is probably closer to Hell's Kitchen from the 60s than Hell's Kitchen now. Well, it's empty, so maybe not, but certain parts well, of it. Well, they're rebuilding a it, A Muslim though. from Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. Um, I could see that. Um, we would lose all the Catholic iconography, but then we'd just have Muslim iconography, I guess. So yeah. So yeah, I would change the character. Did we talk but, a, about Coolio enough? I think we talked about Coolio <laughs> enough. Um, I mean, yeah, he was having fun. There's actually I forgot to I mentioned this when we were watching it. There's that scene. This is another reason that I just hated the original movie. Mm-hmm. When you took all that stuff out, the movie yes. is. Shorter, but it's not cleaner. Yes. I'd love to get my hands on maybe trying and edit at this. Maybe I'll do that someday. Uh, Patreon uh, bonus. Right. Uh, but uh, the Daredevil edit. But the scene where he's on the ra- rooftop and he is kissing Electra, and then they, he hears somebody being assaulted. Yes. In the movie, he's like, sorry, I got to go. Right. Uh, in, the, or in the director's cut, in the cinematic movie, they have sex. He stays. Oh. Okay. And I was like, this guy will let somebody die to get laid. Yes. Screw this guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's not Yeah, a that's hero. not the Matt Murdock that I yeah. No, but then it flips itself again because he leaves that time, but then another time he he's like, Well, I've taken the suit off already. I'm already in the tub. And then he yeah. hears a lady being beaten and shot, which if he had saved her, he would never have to help Coolio in the first place. Right. And she get was paid the in weed. Weed, I'm guessing, right? I'm guessing. Coolio probably pays him in weed. Right. Uh, that or copy uh, uh, Dangerous Minds DVDs. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just that nobody knows wh- what's going on. There's never a clear idea. No. Thank God I saw that that guy's uh, cufflink said wow on them or otherwise. Right, I know. You know. Like, what's going on? I know. Well, if you take the Coolio thing out of the movie, they're barely in the courtroom at all. Yeah. So that's kind of slow, Slow week Killing rapists, I guess. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people say that this takes a lot from Batman. I think it takes a lot from Spider-Man. Okay. Just the idea of... Responsibility. Well, responsibility and having to do it. um, It's like a not fun Um, Spider-Man. I've got a girl... But being a superhero directly puts me like in the path of like you know ruining our relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I think I think Sin City messed us all up a lot more than we realize. Oh, really? You know that first Sin City movie. Okay. Now sure. everything's got to be dark like and gritty. This. Yeah. 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 CGI rats. CGI rats. <laughs> Go get them. Go get them, guy. Yeah, I know, right? That's so funny because that's messed up too. The Bullseye in the hospital scene is mid-credits in the cinematic version. In this, it's oh. just another tag. In the yes. endless Lord of the Rings-esque denouement of this film, which just keeps going. I would agree with that. And I can't remember the exact cut, but I think it's just when he meets him at the church, they set it up so it's like, I know your secret, but I'm not going to write the story. Yeah. 
and he's chewing gum, he says that he's giving up smoking or whatever. Then in the director's cut, which is just is like an assembly cut, it's just all the footage we have in there. Yes. There's a scene where we see him. Instead, he says, I got to write this story. I'm a newspaper man. Yeah, I'm telling you. Then telling he goes you. and yeah. writes the story. Right. De- decides to delete it. Walks outside on a rooftop is Matt Murdock. Yes. And in he the goes, costume. and he goes, yeah, go get him, guy. Gives him his blessing. That's not my read on that scene. My read is you threatened a man who has trains run over people. Yes. It's like the scene in Dark Knight, you know. You you, you want to threaten a guy who drives around and beats up criminals at night? Yeah. Good, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> so he deletes the story. And instead of walking outside, seeing Daredevil sitting on the roof menacingly yeah. and being like, go get him, it'd be more like, I deleted the story. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Please, Jesus, I know, right? Please don't kill me. <laughs> I mean, go get him. Right. Because I, I don't, I can think of no other, he doesn't know he's a movie character. He doesn't know, know that he's supposed to pose in front of the moon at the end. Right. All I can assume from this film is that he has come here to either murder or beat within an inch of his life. Yes. Ben Urich. Yes. That's the only reason. Give me your computer. Why, right, he's there. Yeah. yeah. Why else would he be there? He, there's no other reason for him to yeah, be there. Yeah, after he goes, go get him, guy. Daredevil just pulls his finger across his throat like that, you know, know. and be like, I... Watching, watching you, you or like ears listening to yeah, you yeah there we go <laughs> I don't think that we did it definitively, but at least we did it. We did it. Many people have done much more damage to this than we ever have. Oh, for sure. Because what do you do? Yeah, I know. Um, there's not a whole lot you can do. No. It's a, it's a train wreck. If this Literally. podcast existed in 2003, yeah, <sighs> we would have been right on it. I would have just committed suicide on air. Stop. I would have, what does a human body burning smell like? Oh, God. I would Awful. have just self immolated. Well, I would know what it smells like. Yeah. Uh, barbecue. But it, uh, what does it sound like? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, with distance and time, uh, it doesn't hurt so bad. No. But... It's still not a great film, oh, though. Oh, man. No. So, yeah. Too bad. Yeah. And all it's ironic. All those names that we hear, all those cre- uh, creative, talented people that contributed to this property over the years. Yes. We're all just crying in their beers when this thing I know. came out, I have to assume. Yes. So, anyway, uh, funny fact. Uh, it made about $45 million, I think. It's opening weekend. Oh, that's Pretty not bad. good. It set a record for that February in 2003. Okay. And then went on to gross about $100 million. So, it is, at least at that time, it was the. Uh, First, the movie to, uh, or it, it was the movie that made the quickest amount of money and then went on to make the least amount of money. Right. You know? Right. Out of all the movies that made $100 million, it made $40 million and then totally petered out. I'm sure it did like a 90% drop off like the second weekend. Sure. Yeah. Once word of mouth got out there. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. No. Uh, so, anyway, um, let's, uh, let's talk about word of mouth and let's talk about uh, the digital avenues that exist for spreading your own opinion about things like Facebook and Twitter. Well, you can join us on those platforms, hear our opinions, and share your own by searching for Just Enough Trope on those particular platforms, Facebook and on Twitter at, at Just Enough Trope. You can also find us on your digital streaming service of choice, be it Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts mm-hmm. or Stitcher, all those places to find our show. You can find it. 
by searching for Just Enough Trope and subscribing. It's the best way to get the show. It comes directly to you once it's available, uh, like like an email. Can can Matt right. Murdock read emails? I feel like this was the last moment in time uh-huh. where you didn't have to deal with this blind guy's email problem. Right. We see one scene where he hits a button and I think he has a braille printer and yes. he, like he reads like a printout, but we don't know if it's a document or an email, you know, a smartphone situation. Right. You ever seen a blind person use a smartphone? No, but I saw I actually They will use it faster than you. I actually saw somebody who was deaf use a smartphone okay. just recently and they did like a FaceTime thing and they're yeah. just signing. Yeah, sure. That wouldn't be too tough. Yeah. But yeah, you need all kinds of noises and sort of haptic feedbacks that you sure. need. But I, I, so I watched a blind 16-year-old kid use his uh, smartphone and he sent a text faster than I ever could. Wow. So yeah, That's so crazy. there's all kinds of cool technology that you've sure. got now. I don't know. Maybe we'll, how does this tie back into... I don't know. Like, do you like <laughs> this? Is the kind of stuff we talk about on the show, right? All do you the time. use like like dictation like software or something like uh, that? Yeah, sure. Google Voice, you know, or like the voice activated stuff yeah. is a good help. Um, motion, you can you know shake it and do stuff. It vibrates to let you know it's done something, so you know. Tap to open the the app drawer. I've got my app drawer set so it's like three taps in is mail, and then you've got now mail's up. First tap is open okay, it. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. That there's all sense. kinds of things you can do. Okay. Back to my pitch okay. for <laughs> iTunes. Uh, if that's the kind of tyke, uh, tyke. If, if you like tykes, but not <laughs> too much, weird. If you want that kind of talk, you can find it on our show. And so go and give us a review. Yes. Say, no more Daredevil talk. <laughs> but I like it when you talk about other stuff. Uh, we want your opinion about the show and what you think that we should cover in the future. And give us a rating. It's the most important part. When you give us a high rating, we move up in the ranks. You know how this works. Yes. So give us five lifesavers. I don't know. I just feel like a lifesaver. Okay, sure. I Maybe like we needed a lifesaver from Daredevil. <laughs> Maybe we did. <laughs> wow. No, I can, I can tie this in. Uh, lifesavers. Uh, boats. Bill Everett was uh, like a... He was in the Navy. He was like okay. a merchant marine or something like that. Okay, sure. Uh, before he created Namor. Oh, there you go. The Submariner. Yes. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. How that helps with Daredevil, I don't know. He's from Cambridge. <laughs> so he was definitely, you know, had some of that that Boston yeah. mass sort of thing going on. Sure. Although he was from Cambridge. Yeah. So anyway. Told you I could tie it in. There you go. But if you want to tie it up for us, give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. Next week, you know what's coming. Yes. Finally. A it, favorite. It won like 10 awards or 10 nominations for oh. the BAFTAs or something. like. Some, it set some kind of record for nominations. Okay. I'm really worried. You're very worried. I'm really worried. I'm, I'm still pretty excited. Good stuff labors in the dark. Bad stuff is hanging from the Empire State Building being shot at by planes. Oh, my gosh. Right? I guess. And this is... This is huge. Yeah. There's going to be nominate. We're going to get another Emma Stone nomination. Yeah. Uh, if there's any justice in the world, there'll be a Olivia Coleman nomination. Yes. I don't want it to be this big. You, you don't because you want your Yorgos Lanthimos films to be all to small? myself. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Give me that hand weight. Yeah. Uh, uh. Oh my God, no. Dog tooth's out. It's time. Uh. So we're talking about the favorite. Yes. Uh, next week, join us then. Until then, I'm your host, Calvin. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hanna. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs> <laughs>